Keltec is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Area to get relatives out and what to expect. So. Oh, the one that's about to hit Florida. Yeah. That team, so I've been on a couple with them and helped helped out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's the hard part about Maui, man. It's on a freaking island 3,000 miles away, you know? Yeah, oh, I know. Definitely, yeah, it's hard definitely to, makes it harder. Hard to get any kind of help out there. There we. Go. It's like uh, the northwest of the United States is on fire right now. Oh, really? Yeah. It's crazy. But it just makes you wonder: is it, are they just bringing attention to it now, or I mean, is this is this like just something out of the ordinary, or does this always happen, and they just never talk about it until now? Well, I definitely think, you know, this is one of the fire seasons. So, you know, it's been very dry, high winds, you know, things like that. But, uh, I mean, the, in the defense of the rest of the United States, there are, you know, there's fires going all over, all over the place. All, all over the, time, the world, but, man. Greece is burning yeah. right now, too. Yeah. It's just a, you know, it's just a mess. And we've, we've had, we've had almost no water here in Texas all summer and it's been, Today, it dropped down to like 95, but for like the last three weeks, it's been like 105 to 111 every day. Yeah. No water, high winds, and, you know, it just creates a, a huge freaking, a, a huge disaster if, if something happens. We've had a couple little fires out here that got put out real quick, but, man, it's, you know, I'm scared to go out and shoot and, you know, shoot steel and on the ranch and stuff yeah, like that. You know, Make a spark. and. Yeah, and the worst part is like the bullet itself, you know, from a rifle is so hot that when you miss the target and it buries into that underground grass, it's still hotter than hell, right? And so it can ignite stuff. So it's just been pretty shitty. Yeah. All right, let's get started. Let's do this. All right. All right, all right, all right, Leadheads. Welcome back to another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. You survived our 500th episode. This is 501, and uh, it's going to be just as exciting and wonderful and leducating as 500 was. Maybe not as exciting because we announced the big giveaway, Jared, that yeah, that, that STA awesome. Blades is going to be a part of. That's awesome. It's, uh, I'm, I'm super happy to be a part of that. Yeah, we're, we're still on schedule. So as you leadheads are listening to this episode, uh, it should be kicking off today as you're hearing this episode. This is going to go out Friday, so September the 1st. Um, be looking on our social media, be looking on our website, be looking on all our partners' websites for the Talking Lead and Friends Freedom Giveaway, baby. Oh, so much freedom in this giveaway, Jared. There is. I, I would. I would not be mad if I won that. <laughs> I think we've got something like over six thousand dollars worth of prizes that's going to Uno 
single, one person gets That's it all. Amazing. That's crazy. There can only be one. <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. So uh, we've got three guns from Caltech. We got a P15, we got a KS7 12 gauge, and we've got an RDB. So I've got an RDB back there somewhere. Um, did I say P15? I said P15, didn't I? Yeah. The pistol, the rifle, and the shotgun. I had the holster here somewhere. Oh, and we got a custom holster for the P15 from Mission First Tactical. Talk about freedom. It's got our new logo nice. on there. Red, white, and blue. And, of course, this is the Labor Day holiday weekend. Is it Labor Day? Is that right? Is that... Yeah, Labor Day. I get my holidays mixed up sometimes. So, uh, again, as you guys are listening to this, I'm probably sitting by the poolside with this right here full of rum that I just got from Puerto Rico. Nice. Tia brought me some some nice rum from Puerto Rico. So, you hear that? So tasty. (laughs) But also, uh, Kraken Cases has one of their new... Uh, rifle cases, the Sigma case. Ton Jones is blowing up my phone right now. He's supposed to be joining us. Nice. So maybe Ton will be, be on in just a few minutes. Uh, so our whole idea was to fill up that rifle case. It's a giant rifle case. And you can't see the one that's behind all my Mission First stuff there, but it's it's ginormous. The guns will fit in there. We got ammo for your guns. We got 9mm and uh, 5.56 from Defiant Munitions. Mission First Tactical, like I said, they've got the holster, uh, all this awesome drinkware that you see us sipping on here. There's going to be some drinkware for Mission First in there. The magazines, uh, AR magazines for Mission First Tactical. We've got Enforce lights for two of the, the rifle and the shotgun. We've got um, optics from Vortex Optics that we're going to be putting on the rifle and the shotgun. We have an STA Blades knife. It's a uh, uh, MD, was it MD Stabby? MD Stabby. There it is, the MD Stabby, and it was beautiful. I absolutely was, I was like, oh, almost, thanks. almost like took that with me. He's like, oh, maybe that's not going to make the giveaway <laughs> this time, guys, but I'll, I did. I know a guy, I know a guy that can hook you up, bro. Sweet, sweet. I appreciate that. Uh, and of course, this giveaway also in celebration uh, of our new logo, which you see me, if you're watching this video and you've seen some of our other, the release of our new logo, the Talking Lead logo from Black Tie Digital Marketing. So they're also helping us with this promotion. There's the old logo. See that? Here's the new logo. What do you think, Rebecca? I love it. You like the new one? I want like that. Oh, it's great. <laughs> love the black. Yeah, so... Uh, we're kicking the new logo off officially, although you guys have seen it. We've we've had it out for uh, the majority of this year, but this is the official release of the new Talking Lead logo. So in honor of 10 years, 500 plus episodes, and the new logo, we are having this kick-ass giveaway. So nice. all that stuff I just mentioned and more um, is going to be included. We've got Firebird targets, so you can have fun at the range and blow shit up like we did in the mm-hmm. promo video that you're going to see. We blew up some watermelons, had a good time Saw at the that. range while I was down there in Coco with Chad and Matt and the boys. Uh, but if you didn't get an opportunity to go back to the last episode, previous episode, 500, our 500 episode, 
We had Adrian Kelgren, who is one of the owners of Caltech, Caltech Weapons. He is George's son, who George is the founder and creator of, of Caltech Weapons. And it was an awesome show that we had with Adrian. We talked about all the giveaway items that we've got in there. And then uh, Adrian, Jared, is former Navy, retired Navy. I, I read the... I read the bio on that. He was like a pilot or something, right? Yeah, he flew the uh, the E two Hawkeyes, those nice. big the big surveillance. Yeah, planes. I love, I love pilots. <laughs> I like my pilots. Um, but he had a a UFO sighting. That's I, I saw that. I saw that. I read that actually. I, I should say I, you I read need to that listen the, to that that episode. It's an awesome story, and I should have the video posted by now too. So. As you're hearing this, Leadheads, go look for that video on Rumble. To hell with YouTube. I'm posting shit on Rumble now. I don't like YouTube. I don't like their policies, so I'm not going to give them any uh, of my attention. So go to Rumble, and you can watch it there. So far, Rumble seems to be a uh, a 1A proponent. So good. They're all about free speech, seems to be, so far. Haven't had any issues yet. Cross your fingers. Our videos there, the uh, the knife episode that we did, I think the AK the AK episodes up too video for that. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not sure, and I don't know how to silence my phone other than turn it all the way down, which it's all the way down. Yeah, I'm gonna do that to mine. Uh, but I'm still getting noises. <laughs> uh, of course, everybody's saying because it's an Android lefty, get an Apple phone again. <laughs> Screw Apple. <laughs> I don't like Apple either. I'm a nonconformist, Rebecca. I'm a rebel. I like it. So we so, have a special so guest. So I keep Becky. saying Rebecca, and our listeners are like, who, who's Rebecca, Lefty? Who's Rebecca? Who's this Rebecca you're talking to with Jared? Uh, I am going to let Jared do the introductions for uh, the beautiful Rebecca. All right. Thank you, well, Jared. This is my younger sister, Becky. She is a hardcore surfer and artist and she's been living in Maui for about 10 years doing the island life and enjoying everything and unfortunately uh on the was it the 8th of August uh yeah I believe the, the 8th of August uh the fires hit and she found herself right smack in the middle of it all and so now she is here to kind of help tell her story, tell about the relief efforts that are going on with her friends that are firsthand knowledge of what's going on there right now and what she's had to encounter since she left because she had uh, she got off the island and now it seems that she's got all these obstacles and hurdles with the government. And oh, I've been relief. hearing it on the news, all so the bullcrap. She, she's yeah. kind of here to just let people know the truth firsthand yeah. knowledge and experience so welcome in becky thank you so much thank you Jared. um <laughs> yeah it's definitely been a really crazy experience and i wish i uh, could have my boots on the ground like all my comrades that are still there um i wish they were healing and doing great and getting all the assistance they need but unfortunately it doesn't seem like the case. And luckily they're coming together as a community and um, a bunch of visionary and like friends that I had that 
have thought of like how to feed the homeless with like the donations and maybe donated land to grow food. They're actually like created huge organizations now on like Hungry Heroes Hawaii. You're going to start hearing a lot about. Yeah. And yeah, so it's just crazy. We're going to talk about all that. We're going to go through your firsthand experience. And, um, you know, we're kind of going to talk about preparedness today. Uh, And this kind of goes goes hand in hand with our sponsors for Patriots, who they are all about being prepared, getting prepared and being prepared for pretty much anything in life that you may uh, experience. So go to fourpatriots.com, use the code all caps LEADHEAD, and you're going to get 10% off your first purchase there. And not only do they have the food items, but they also have durable um, items as well. They've got power, solar-powered um, generators. They've got cookware. They've got all kinds of things there. So uh, the food's awesome, by the way. Love the food. I've tried it out. I love it. I like it. I'm going to get more of it. But uh, definitely uh, check them out, and uh, you're not going to be sorry. Use that code, all caps, LEADHEAD, 10% off. Also, uh, this episode sponsors Mission First Tactical. You know, you've been seeing me with their new drinky drinkware uh, that they've got. There's all kinds of different sizes. Jared's got one somewhere, but he's not I rocking do. his. Well, it, it's it's literally. I I had to prop a box up uh, to set <laughs> so up my, you're, my camera. You're using here. it and, as a prop, <laughs> and it's it, it's in the box right now, so I can show it. But my phone's gonna fall over and. That's it's fine. It's going to be a, That's a okay. catastrophic failure. So That's I, okay. I have you get a pass. It's literally six inches in front of me. You get a pass. You definitely get a pass. Uh, so go check out Mission First Tactical. Use code Leadhead all lowercase, and you're going to get twenty percent off anything at Mission First Tactical. Their belly bands, their magazines, their AR accessories, which I have some back there. I'm getting ready to build two new ARs, Jared. I think I told you about that. I decided nice. on a 458 SOCOM. And I'm going to do another um, two, two, three, five, five, six. Well, multi-cal. Nice. Uh, so that's coming. I'll I'll keep you guys informed on those builds and how they go. Um, but yeah, check them out. Mission First Tactical, and of course, Caltech. Our friends over at Caltech down in Coco, and I think they're getting ready to be on a that that big hurricane that's coming down there. They're on the opposite side, but I think they still get a lot of that. But I mean, we got fires, we got hurricanes. It's it's crazy. It's like Armageddon is happening. It's it's unbelievable. But I think this stuff happens every year, and it's it's just it's cyclical. But we're just getting more, um, being made more aware of it because the people have these certain agendas. Now, what happened in Hawaii? Not something that happens every year, obviously. And you know that's. That's out of the ordinary and definitely deserves our attention and our time and our efforts to, to help those people there. We're going to talk more about that uh, coming up. Hey there, Leadhead Brigade. Lefty here with some important news for you. Forecasters from the University of Arizona warn that 2023 will be a very active hurricane season and they're asking people to get prepared. They're expecting the number of major hurricanes this year to be similar to 2017, which saw the extremely intense and damaging hurricanes that we all heard about, Harvey, Irma, and that nasty old Maria. How bad can it get? 
Well, when Hurricane Ida hit the Gulf Coast, it destroyed countless homes and left many without access to food, clean water, millions lost power. Most didn't have power for weeks. The floods that followed the hurricane washed out the roads, made it impossible for grocery stores to restock their shelves. Families were left hungry and desperate, waiting for help that was slow to arrive. But what if you didn't have to be reliant on the government, FEMA, your neighbor, grocery stores during these crises? The answer is simple. Be prepared with emergency food kits from 4Patriots. Their long-lasting, delicious food options are specifically designed to provide you and your loved ones with the sustenance you need when you need it the most. 4Patriots survival food kits are hand-packed in the USA. They last 25 years. They come packed inside covert storage totes. They include a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. They've even got some snacks that are tasty. And they're backed by thousands of five-star customer reviews. Just go check out their website, 4Patriots.com, and read them for yourself. 4Patriots survival food is not just for natural disasters. Because in today's world of uncertain supply chains and unpredictable emergencies, it's more important than ever to have a backup plan. Whether it's a temporary power outage, a winter blizzard, or rising food costs, which we're all feeling that these days, right? You can rest easy knowing that you have a reliable source of food to see you through it. And right now, you can go to 4 and use this exclusive code, LEADHEAD, all caps, LEADHEAD, one word, to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store, not just their food kits. So go check them out, 4Patriots.com. Use the code LEADHEAD to get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriots Survival Food. That's 4Patriots.com, guys. Use the code LEADHEAD and get that 10% off. I want to take care of some jack wagons, Jared. I got a couple of jack wagons I need to take care of. Good, because hopefully you got one for me. And we want we want to honor some heroes. So, Gunny, bring that train in. Hurrah, Zipperpie, do or die, hold them high at eighth and I. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week. So brace yourself, baby. All right, so the train has stationed, and I'll kick us off because Jared, I don't think has one, and and Becky has no idea what the hell we're talking about with jack wagons and. <laughs> She signed on for more than she she thought she was getting. So, <laughs> um, so I was watching, and I don't watch social media much at all. I was just browsing through just to try to get uh, updated on what's going on, latest and greatest. But there was this, uh, what's the new X, Twitter X, whatever it is now. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. ran across this post, and this guy had a video of this little boy. He's probably like a sixth grader maybe i don't have kids so i don't know how old kids are but he's about you know that tall and he's able to carry a backpack so he's probably about six or so and he was uh they were going into a teacher meeting with a teacher and i guess his mother or his parents and he was in trouble because on his backpack and i wish i had one i don't have one he had the uh the gadsen flag you know the snake with says don't tread on me yeah the the Gadsden it's G A D E D S something like that, but uh, they were saying it was racial. They were racist, saying that patch was racist and that he couldn't have it. And he got expelled. They expelled him for that. Thus, I guess this meeting with with this teacher and the the lady was trying to explain to the teacher that you know this is not a racial flag this was a revolutionary this was during the american revolution is when yeah this, the opposite of it 
Yeah, when this flag was created and, you know, what it stood for, American pride, and it is a U.S. flag. Uh, they used it in the Navy, the Naval Forces. And, uh, but, the, you know, this teacher was just like, nope, sorry, can't have it. It's against our policy. It's against our policy. You can't. She wouldn't listen. And, you know, being a teacher, you think she would have some history uh, knowledge and be able to teach history in the American Revolution and know that that was part of it. But no, she wasn't going to have any of it. And uh, they were still going to, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the video, the story, but they were still going to expel the little boy or something because of the patch. Uh, and then he could come back like so many days or something like, I don't know. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And she was even telling her that even on the, is it the ACLU? Is that the, the people who represent the, the black people and say what's racist and what's not, not racist? Yeah. Anyway, it was on their list of approved things. It was okay. It was like, this is not a racial um, emblem, symbol. But the, the teacher still wouldn't listen and expelled the kid, so... Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. I think I still have it up. I may have been so just like angry with it. I just like, what the heck? So it says, can you believe this? A student was kicked out of class in Colorado Springs for having a Gadsden flag patch on his backpack. The school said that the flag had origins of slavery. <laughs> And then there's an actual video. I guess this lady had a hidden camera in her, um, in her baby's, what is it, stroller, I guess. Okay. So she brought her baby in with the, the teacher meeting there, and she had a little hidden camera and recorded the whole thing. As there's an American flag in the background, waving in the background. Okay. So there you go. There's there's my big jack wagon of the day right there. So. Along those lines, does that bring up anybody for you guys? Do you have a jack wagon? Anybody you want to throw on the train or under the train? Yeah, I'll I'll give you one that I just encountered uh, pretty recently. I when I had my when STA training group, my my training company was was up and running really hard. I was trying to promote it on Facebook, you know, and I just got a um, a shared memory on it. Uh, but maybe like 2014. 2015, I tried to, uh, I tried to boost my posts, you mm -hmm. know, sponsor to pay, and and uh, I, I all I did was put a picture of the American flag, but it had STA training group on it, so the people would would see it. I figured, ah, it won't be a gun, it won't be anything, you know, crazy. And Facebook sent me a. a a message that said that I violate that this picture violates community standards. Uh, I think it was maybe more because my training group page was flagged already by Facebook. Yeah. But I just thought it was, it was pretty ironic that, you know, in the land of the free, you can't, you can't boost a post with a picture of the American flag because that violates community standards. <laughs> American pride. That's yeah. racist. Yeah. That's right. You can't exactly. have American pride. You can't have pride in anything really, unless it's, a rainbow. Yeah. It's got to be part of the agenda. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're being facetious, but yeah, I mean, it's getting kind of ridiculous. Yeah. The things that they're, they're calling out, but I think, I think we're getting a lot of, of, 
people starting to say enough's enough too. I'm starting to see a lot of that. Yeah, and there's pushback for sure. There's 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 starting to be more and more pushback against this too, where people are just like, hey, enough is enough. It's over the top. It's been over the top for way too long. You got to dial this back. So I think we're going to start seeing a lot of that hopefully here coming up soon, especially you know Disney with their stocks plummeting. Yeah, billions of dollars. Um, with all these anti woke people come, yeah, uh, protesting them. So yeah, I mean that's what it takes. Is that your voice yeah. has to be heard. You got to be a squeaky wheel, or you get no oil. Right. How about you, Becky? You got any any jack wagons? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. You're I'm, a surfer. You're just I like know that. everybody's I'm not cool. Sure exactly goes along with what you're saying, but it, like in Maui right now, I'm seeing on tons of people's accounts that are even Marines and stuff uh, being that are saying too much about the government's lack of aid, um, and they're being blocked by Instagram. There's like a social media blackout right now and all that information. And if anyone says anything about even the president falling asleep at like these important meetings, um, when he visited Maui, like that thumbnail is completely blacked out. Like on Instagram is like suppressed. What has happened to our, our society, our, our, our country to where we're being censored now. And it's, yeah, it's, it's all blatant. Information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a word for it, right? Censorship. Yeah. Communism, socialism, Marxism, censorship, everything. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening. If you go against, you know, what the government's trying to portray, then they don't want, they don't want to, they don't want you to have that word out there. They don't want you to know about it. Same thing. We saw it right. big time during COVID. Big time. Oh, yeah. And look at all the people that they shut down and even were trying to arrest for things that have been proven to be absolutely correct today. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. And and they're even trying to bring the mask mandates back. Have you yeah. heard that? Yeah, that that's just to prove, because they probably forgot, so it's just to remind them that no matter what, the majority will conform well, to the policies. I, I I don't think anybody's going to now because of, of all the turmoil and crap that we went through. They saw, I mean, people firsthand saw, it was like, these people aren't right, probably shouldn't be doing this, not going to go you're, along with it anymore. You're giving way too many people the benefit of the doubt. Well, I would like though. to do I, that. I, I would like to do I, that I, because I believe, I, I believe in people, I believe in common sense, and I believe that the media uh, was the mass driver of all the the disinformation that was out there and that the majority of Americans weren't buying into this to begin with. They weren't. Right. They absolutely no, weren't. I agree. There's still going to be a large populace that, that conforms to it. And I mean, it, it's just, but look what it, they're it, doing. Look what they're doing, Jared. They're, they're forcing companies that, that receive government aids. Like, Hey, if you don't do this, you're not going to get the aid anymore. So therefore you have to do this. Yeah. So these companies are forcing their employees like, look, you got to do this or you can't work here. You know, people lost their jobs over this nonsense. Yeah. But I still, when I go back and when I go into like Dallas or Austin, I was just in Austin last week and I still see people in their cars by themselves driving with a mask on. So that look, just tells if people want to, if people want to wear masks on their own free will, wear a mask. I don't I don't give two shits. You want to wear a right. mask, wear a mask. 
but that's not going to perpetuate me doing that. You know, don't force me to do it because it's already been proven scientifically how harmful and how bad that was for people to do that, especially forcing our children, you know, to do it when when they were infinitesimally, um, you know, a possibility of them to to get the COVID to begin with, you know, it was an infinitesimal percentage that they would get it and it would harm them. And it turned out that for the most part, the people that got it were people who had pre-existing conditions, you know, or, or they just flat out lied at the, at the hospitals that these people died of, of COVID when it was a shotgun wound to the head. Right. But they put down COVID and that's been proven. That has been proven. And I'm not going to cite sources here. You can go to all these, um, these news channels and, and websites that do that stuff. I don't do that here. And I'm talking too much right. politics, so let's stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like talking politics here anyway, because we all know it does nothing but get us all upset and irate. So let's talk some heroes. Okay. Let's talk heroes. My heroes are the Sheepdog Impact Assistance Group. My good buddies over there that... Um, and I don't know that they've jumped in Hawaii yet to, to help out, but when nat- natural disasters strike and hit our, our country, they're always putting together disaster recovery teams to go and help out. I know that they are already preparing for this. Is it Ida or what? what's this new one called? Yeah, it's, it's Frida or Ida or something like that. Idella or? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, let me, let me pull it up here. I-D-A-L-I-A, Idalia. I don't know. I'm butchering it. I always butcher names, Rebecca. Me too, me I'm too. I'm horrible with, with names. <laughs> uh, so Idalia uh, is now a hurricane moving toward Florida, and it's it's probably going to do some, some pretty good damage. You know, yeah, it's and, to hit like Wednesday, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's hitting today today or tomorrow yeah yeah it's supposed to hit uh but our friends at sheepdog impact assistance are putting together a disaster recovery team and they're going to need they're going to need help they're going to need supplies they're going to need resources so if you are so led go to sdia sheepdog impact assistance.org and there's links there where you can donate um, you can help out if you want to money, if you want to donate your, if you've got a particular skill set that would help down there. I don't know. Uh, you got a chainsaw, you can cut trees, you know, whatever it may be, just get in touch with them. They will let you know what they need and how you can help out. So go to sheepdogia.org. Uh, they're on the grams, they're on the Facebooks. And of course you just go to their website. And that will get you everything. They sent me an email. I'm trying to find the email that they sent me. But uh, I'm not finding it right off. But they're my heroes. Nice. Digging them. What about you guys? You got heroes? Yeah. Let's hear your hero. Let's hear it. Uh, My hero this week is my little sister, Becky, (laughs) actually. Because... uh, she did everything that she was supposed to do to get out on foot 
during a crazy, crazy time. And not only did she get out, she has just been selflessly going and trying to get relief for friends and keeping communication with everybody that's over there still and going through this hard, hard stuff. And I think when you hear her story, you'll, you'll understand why I, I think she's a hero. So she's my hero of the week. Very good. Welcome to Lead Force One, Becky. It's a, it's a Thanks, nice Jay. big uh, 747 with you know Corinthian leather and all the drinks you want and all the the best food and steaks and we'll take you anywhere you want to go in the world. Please. Yeah, Jared, you totally stole my hero. I was gonna say you for ah, sure. You've always been my hero. Ah, Definitely this. nepotism. I, right. I also do yeah. got to give a shout out to like my whole life. I have loved my Marines, especially Jared and my brother, uh, Russell. And um, I also want to give a shout out to my hero right now that I've never met, but his name is Leo Mana dot T on Instagram. I don't want to butcher his last name, but I know it's like um, Turla. Let me just spell it really spell quick. It? I'll look it up. Yeah, it's Leo Mana, and his last name is spelled T-U-R-A-L-D-E. T-U-R-A-L-D-E? Um, yeah. Turliday? I don't know. Okay, let me but, see. But uh, he has a pretty good following on Instagram, uh, leomana.t. Well, let's just pull him up on Instagram and, then. Yeah, pull him up because he is just an inspiration he was a guy uh on big island at the time but he's served in the marines and um also helped with some disaster relief when the volcano hit big island there he is. and so he didn't hesitate made it to maui was like one of the first people to arrive to try to get um some people he knew were on the banyan near the banyan tree yes that's him yeah he has some, he is on the ground. He's doing everything he can, even like flying across the country to just hold up the Hawaii flag. Uh, recently, when Trump and a bunch of people were turning themselves in or whatever, just to get any media attention, um, he is somebody you should definitely follow and support. He sounds like a smart and guy, as an astrophysicist. Yes, and he has. A good, good heart. I would definitely yeah. do anything you can to just share. So Leo, or follow for leadheads that are listening, go to L E O M A N A dot T. That's his Instagram page. Leo Mana Turla Turalde Turalde. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Leo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, awesome. Go give him a follow, and he's keeping up with uh, what's going on down there and keeping people informed on what they can do to help out. Yeah, and if I can say one more. Yeah, absolutely. You can say as many as you'd like. Uh, <laughs> careful. Uh, but I do know there's one person that I have been following, and like he's also a Marine, and uh, he's was in the Aniki incident and a lot of his stuff is being suppressed and he's talking about things that he just wants to put out the questions, you know, that need to be answered. His name is like trip Mayhew 
T-R-I-P-P-M-E-H-E-W. And he is giving like real talk. He reminds me of you where he's just kind of the connect from uh, the real source of information. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, he just is asking a lot of questions that aren't being answered in kind of suppressed in social media and um maybe you could listen to some of his videos Uh, author veteran truth seeker average guitarist and yogi my pronouns are common sense (laughs) but yeah i like his input and he's there and he's experienced things and uh i just yeah those are some of my heroes right now that and all the other um community people coming up stepping up to get those medicines and food and water and gas and shelter absolutely and i and i have to put this out there because anytime there's a disaster like this and people are in need and hurting there are vultures out there and people that will take advantage and try to to be dishonest and steal money basically um from these people that actually need the help. So if you plan on donating to an organization or a person, vet them, do the background checks on them, make sure it's legit um, because far too many people try to take advantage of situations like this for their own personal gain. Yeah, I would not speak to Red Cross right now. I would definitely look up Lahaina underscore ohana underscore venmo to look at the real families and donate directly if you can to the families what is that is that on instagram or is that a website yes and it's definitely real and those are pictures of the families that i know personally and um people that definitely need direct donations and it's called lahaina i'm sorry um i think it's lahaina underscore ohana underscore venmo i don't speak hawaiian you'll have to spell all that out for me (laughs) l-a-h-a-i-n-a l-a-h-a-i-n is this it ohana venmo here it is it comes up real quick so leadheads it's l-a-h-a-i-n-a underscore o-h-a-n-a underscore v-e-n-m-o and Becky vouches for this. This is a legit um, organization group that is dedicated to helping the Hawaiian residents there. Thank you, Marty. Thank you. Absolutely. So it says Venmo Mutual Aid by Lahana residents for Lahana residents who lost their home or loved ones. And then it's got it's got a lot of posts here. So I definitely will check this out and let me give them a follow there. Yeah, they're, that's really like who needs the help right now. Those young families and local families that can't even leave Island because they don't have anywhere. They don't have family anywhere else. It's like their whole family's home. Everyone in their family's home has gone too. Yeah, and just looking at the pictures of the devastation that these fires did, I mean, it's just it's something out of a movie. It doesn't even seem real, but it yeah. is. it's absolutely real and the devastation is there the loss is there and and becky we want i want to hear your story so 
um, we'll wrap up the heroes and the, the Leadhead Brigade jack wagons there. And if you've got them for the future episodes, Leadheads, email me, talkinglet.gmail.com. We'll read your nominations on air. Uh, I think a couple of you may have sent some. We'll get those next episode. You know, we, we always come back and get them. Um, but I want to get into to Becky's story here on the... Uh, were you in Lahana when this happened, or were you in Maui? Yeah, so I've been living in Lahaina, um, just like two streets back from the Banyan Tree. So like the right near Front Street. I've been working on Front Street and living just like one street off for many, many years. Um, I've only lived in Lahaina for like the last almost 10 years. So I do know the streets pretty well. And I know a lot of the people... Um, I've been really lucky to be invited into that community and supported, um, and got to know, like, some things about it. Um, what was your question? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. So you're, you're in the Lahaina, is that how you say it? Yeah. So I was about, you've seen, a lot of people have seen the harbor, uh, photo. I was living about two streets directly back from the harbor. Um, so really close to where the fire that ended up destroying everything started. Um, it was just like, seemed like maybe at the bottom of Lahaina Luna, yeah. which is once back. Do you see the map I've got up right now? Yes. So guide me on this map so we can kind of give our, our listeners an, an idea. of. Okay. Scroll down a little. Yeah. There's the harbor, that jetty that sticks out. Right here? Yes. Okay. So if you go back two streets, I lived on Wainea Street. So you're like back in this area? I'm sorry. Go back towards the mountain uh, from the harbor. Inland. Yeah. And if you go down yeah. a little bit, I, I was living right there by the prison. Um, It's like a historic beautiful spot not like how it sounds um kind of by that green patch a little bit up this one? The, I, if that says the prison i'm not sure uh it says uh aloha cemetery and yeah so kind of right near prison street i'm on prison street, street. On the corner. yeah on that crossroad of prison street and wine okay it's where i was right in living gotcha gotcha so did, the, did so, the fires hit? They hit all this area, right? Yeah, in about three miles total. I ha There's a new fire map that shows how far it went. Um, it, it's definitely a few miles in each direction almost. They okay. have a pretty good. So here's a, map. I've got, I'm pulling up ARCGIS.com and this has like a, I don't know if this is like a live fire map, wildfire map all over the world. You can pull this up, but you're right in here. So that's where that's where you were talking about right there. That jetty. Yes. Yeah. Just the whole town and yeah, it pretty much burned that in all those buildings you see, and then a little bit farther down south. Hmm. So what? So and it was like eighty percent residential. Walk us through that day. What were you? Just a typical day. 
or I guess you're at work, you're surfing. What what are you doing that day? Earlier that day. Okay. So it was definitely not a typical day. Um, I had heard. So living there quite a few years, there's been several hurricanes. Normally, everyone goes and buys supplies and gets ready and prepares and, you know, stresses. Uh, but we did, I heard from one person about the um, Dora coming and they had told me no worries that they heard that it was downgraded to a tropical storm. It was going to pass by us or it had already begun to so no worries there was going to be expected some light winds which is pretty unusual normally they take all the boats out of the harbor or on the mornings people will like do these you know just for precautions lots right. of precautions this time it was really downplayed which surprises me and then we're asleep the night before the fire around 5 a.m i guess we heard, or the all of a sudden the power goes out, and it seriously sounded like a freight train uh, was blowing, like zooming past the house, like the whole house shook with this gust. Yeah. So it must have that when the initial wind started, it must have downed some power lines and locked out like a radio towers, a cell phone tower, because or at least the internet, the Wi-Fi. The power was out, but my phone, uh, I had tried to turn on the news or everyone uses this Maui 24 seven. It's like a local family, but it's kind of like a coconut wireless, really good source of information minute by minute. So I turned that on and it says there's fires on the other side of the island, the southeast side, Kula and somewhere else. And then my phone dies and there's no way to charge it. So I just um, couldn't believe how strong the wind was. We never really went back to sleep. And then in the morning, uh, we weren't sure if work was happening or what, because there was no phones. So me and my friend both went our separate ways to go to our jobs and see if we had work that day. There was no power anywhere. I saw there was power lines completely power poles knocked down on Wainea Street, this one that had always looked like it was about to fall over anyways. And then uh, the wind started. So I went to the surf school I worked at. They said they didn't want people getting swept out, so they were going to close for the day. And everyone was just kind of, my friend told me roofs had blown off during the night and were on power lines. Oh, wow. And maybe there was a fire up behind a Luna. But, it, I guess but where you were living, you didn't. All you could hear was just the sound. You guys didn't really get the, the storm or the winds on the street that you were on. Yeah, the wind started about five a.m. I think the same minute that the <clears throat> same time the power went out. Yeah, it was like one gust just like knocked everything out, and then after that, the gust just never stopped. And, oh, so this was um, consistent the- after like five a.m. It was just consistent with the winds and everything. Oh, yeah. And stuff had already by daylight been like, it looked crazy. Like roofs, palm trees, telephone poles were down like by early morning. And I saw the company, the telephone pole company bringing in a new pole. And we're like out in our yard trying to cut up 
huge branches that had fallen all over the garden and like the awnings and it was mayhem. Mm. And so everyone could barely go outside without worrying about getting like your head cut off by like a tin roof. Yeah. Or debris float. Yeah. Blowing through. It was like a tornado wind. Like, I don't think they had got winds like that in like 200 years. So there was like old trees getting uprooted. Nothing could withstand this wind. Was it rain and, also, uh, or was it just wind at this point? No, no, I can't say I really remember any hurricane that brought rain. It's always been wind, and you expect fire from hurricanes there because the West Maui's are super, super high, and I feel like maybe it breaks up the clouds. I don't know why, but Lahaina means relentless sun, cruel sun. It's very protected from a lot of weather, hmm. so... I never expected rain ever from hurricanes. I always just assumed it meant like from 2018 when we had a huge fire from the hurricane lane, I feel like everyone knew it, there wasn't going to be water coming mm. and um, it was going to be wind and possibly a fire. Cause you think when you think and hurricane, you think wet, you know, I think wet, I think a lot of rain and wind and waves yeah, coming from the yeah. ocean and yeah. Yeah. So that's good. I mean, that's because when people are hearing this, they're probably thinking that's the same thing I'm thinking, but you're, there's no, it's just, just torrential winds and, and then the crazy winds. Yeah. You can't even, I was terrified to go outside the whole day. Um, and so I was in the room, everyone was in my house just sleeping because you literally couldn't do anything. And you, there was like, it was really hot, um, and you couldn't even go outside. So a lot of people just decided to sleep. And uh, I was supposed to actually fly home to California that day. So I hadn't heard if the airlines were still going. I assumed they weren't, but there was literally no communication at all. And... So I was in my room, started packing a little bag just in case, because sometimes on the other side of the island, it's different. So mm -hmm. I just maybe thought the weather would stop and maybe there was still flight because my flight wasn't till like 10 at night. And luckily, one of my roommates had gone outside and noticed a little bit of smoke coming from behind our house. And um, he came in and kind of calmly told me we might have to grab some we might have to leave uh pretty quick yeah. and it was just like very calm casual at first because you weren't getting any alerts on your phone there was no siren which we've all completely grown accustomed to reacting to because every first of the month they sound like the world's best alarm uh that's for emergencies all emergencies yeah um it's that silent, which just confused and delayed, like, precious sec seconds that could have saved right. lives. Yeah, people are waiting on that siren that never came. Yeah, and during the last hurricane that started the fire, I was, there was embers flying into our home, but I didn't know what to do uh, because I didn't, you know, you don't want to, you see a line of cars, you don't want to be part of that. Right. Uh, panic of cars. So 
I don't remember hearing the sirens then, but I've heard reports there were. But I know I physically waited till a policeman told me and my roommate to leave. And same with this time. There was no no sirens, so everyone just stood there watching the smoke get crazy, crazy black and closer by the second. Yeah. Uh, and there was no alarm going off that... Uh, we just seriously didn't leave. Everyone yeah. just stayed there. Uh, it, I remember my friend saying maybe we should leave, but I couldn't because of the wind was so scary. I thought we'd be crushed or killed by trees or power Flying lines that were debris. all over the Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, I see these videos and I don't think people understand the, the wind, how scary and deadly it is when like, I've had, I almost, I was standing outside this place and like a, a window, but like a French window fell like 20 feet, you know, shattering everything. There was giant tin roofs, like swirling around the streets that people were walking on. It was just like not safe to get out of your car. It wasn't safe to leave your home. Now you're saying that just, the last hurricane, when was the last one that came through? You said, how many years ago was that? 2018. 2018? And they, they, yeah. They said it was a huge wake up call because they it burned the entire it was like 2000 acres of the west maui mountains so the only good thing that day was it was onshore winds blowing from the ocean up the hill and the maui fire department is like my heroes they have saved us they are they know it's a really fire prone area since they diverted all the water mm. and uh so do, they do you know what caused fought. the 2018 fires? <clears throat> Was there ever a cause for for those? Good question. Um, if you don't know, that's I okay. I just I I'm just yeah, trying to figure out because you I, said with the hurricanes, I, it's typically high winds and fires. It's like, hmm. Yeah, I, that's funny. Or it's not funny, but I can't say I really remember what the outcome was. What started it? Yeah. I just know that there weren't um I just know the whole town didn't burn down and everyone was so relieved. Yeah. And so it just like Yeah. And they said and it oh that was a huge wake up call. We gotta like really make sure we know exactly what to do if this ever happens again. And then they don't even sound the alarm and they said they didn't even regret not sounding it. And they were even like asked if they should probably sound it and they did not. So they're and denying. Was, they're trying to deny the the uh, liability, I guess, for liability reasons. I've heard the electric company took blame for the initial fires. The electric yeah. companies took took, but but they're blaming the county for it getting out of hand. Yeah. So there was an original fire that there is some. Um, video evidence that it, there were down power lines starting some fires. So uh, the Hawaii Electric Company is saying they shut off all power um, to all the lines after that occurred. And the fire that devastated Lahaina was hours later after the power had been shut down. Um, so that is also a weird question or a question that needs to be answered because the police are saying the reason why they blocked a lot of the roads was so people didn't go over down live power lines. So both can't be true. Right. Um, yeah. And that's what the, that's what I heard the electric and they're saying that yeah, after the initial, they shut everything down 
but they're saying that the fire department pulled out too soon is what the, you know, the story. And again, yeah, it's just, it's a blame that. game. You know, they're pointing fingers, they're pointing fingers. It's probably a combination, maybe of both. Uh, will we ever get the truth? I mean, who knows at this point, you know, it's, it doesn't matter except for going forward. So it doesn't happen again to prevent this from, you know, actually happen again. Um, but you know, the, the, the damage and devastation is done. You know, it's happened. You know, now you now you know everybody's trying to figure out what to do, and and like you, and did you get out that day? Because you were talking about you were trying to make it to the airport, and uh, how did you get out? Yeah, so um, at my house, when we we kind of walked to the name like the corner, my friend had ran to see like where the fire exactly was towards the highway, and then they, I heard a police officer. He rode down our street, heading towards the highway, and he said, evacuate, evacuate. But it was uh, my neighbors that were standing right next to me didn't even hear it. They were still just standing there. And so I went and told them, hey, they did say evacuate. And so me and my friend grabbed uh, our little dog and a couple waters, and we just left on foot. And which definitely have a lot of regrets about that. And we thought, everyone thought you'd be safe from fire, maybe in the ocean. So our plan was, okay, we don't have a car and the roads are all blocked anyways. Um, so we decided to go head towards the ocean, towards French Street, um, which was really the only option because there was a down power line on the north end of White Nae, a palm tree on the south end, and they were blocking the highways. Yeah. Um, and so everyone was kind of pushed towards Front Street. Um, we went to so you were a naturally local... funneled. Everybody was naturally funneled to go that way anyway. Yeah, there was no real, there's only one road in and out. And um, so we left on foot. There was some definite. I'm going to pull this panic. map up again while you're talking. Yeah. Our landlords own a local awesome bar in Lahaina, but everyone in the world has probably been there at some point. Um, they were under construction, but are, they're our neighbors, so they said they would open it for people to go into, and it's right near the 505 near Lahaina Shores that survived. And um, so we go in there. There's only a handful of people and we, we're just watching these cars in the line on Front Street, not moving. And all of a sudden, flames are now across the street in, like, seriously minutes. It, it was crazy how fast it went and burned the entire town. I think it was, like, 24 minutes it took to get to um, Front Street from where the fire started. Introducing our new Belly Band holster, whether you're hitting the gym or running a quick errand, our belly band is one of the most comfortable and safest ways to carry your firearm. The center section allows you to carry most common pistols. Left or right-handed, this has you covered. A hard laminate trigger shield protects the firearm's trigger from unwanted intrusion, giving you ease of mind while carrying every day. Two elastic sleeves give you the flexibility to carry other everyday items, such as spare mats, flashlight, knife, or pepper spray. Two zippered pockets run on both sides, 
offering the option to carry smaller items such as money, cards, or keys. Flush fit on your lower back or waist, easily keeping your setup discreet no matter how you choose to carry. Utilizing 3D spacer mesh, these channels allow for exceptional and efficient airflow, giving you maximum comfort and keeping you cool. Carry whenever you want, how you want, with our new belly band holster. Available now. Go to missionfirsttactical.com, use the code LEADHEAD for an exclusive listener-only 20% discount. Trying and, to find French Street. Yeah, French Street, Lahaina. Here's prison. So, did you run down prison? Yeah, I ran down prison. Okay, and there then were plot lines, and the highway was blocked off. Front Street. So, did you get down to Front Street? Yeah, we got to Front Street to Lahaina Shores. There's a big white hotel that somehow survived. Uh, that we went to a place that was next door called the 505 Spanky's Rip Tide. Somewhere around good this area? To support. They are, they've, they've housed me and they're good people. And even in the fire, they opened their doors to me and we thought we'd be safe there. But um, unfortunately, the flames reached across the street really quickly. So we had no choice but to flee on foot again and we decided we would head south, basically just to the other side of Lahaina Shores. And we decided we would go to the ocean. Um, and then we we're like, wait, one of our good friends lives a little bit farther south and inland. Uh, so they usually have a bunch of vehicles. They run a lot of Airbnbs and um, hostels and they're really good family in Lahaina as well. And luckily, we thought to go there. They were still at their house, which was a miracle. And they were loading up. They had tons of pets and, like, um, a bunch of guests that they were responsible for. Like, tourists had no idea where to go or what to do. It, people it really renting out their properties? Yeah, yeah. And their homes. So you have, like, a bunch of people that don't know Lahaina at all that are supposed to evacuate with no idea. So they were luckily still there figuring that out, um, making sure their people were safe. And they had a truck that I'd never seen before. It had been pretty damaged by a fallen like bay window or trees. I don't know, but the window was broken out and there's glass everywhere. So I got into the back of the truck, the bed of the truck with like my dog and the glass and waited thinking that we were going to leave any minute. Uh, and the fire had now definitely taken over French street and was heading towards the shark pit area that I was at. And, um, then I asked if we could possibly leave with the dogs cause they were putting all the cats and belong like possessions in this other car. Um, and I was, starting to really freak out and was begging my friend if we could maybe take their truck and meet up with them right. somewhere else when they were able to leave. And unfortunately that was terrible. Trying to make a plan in a panic is the worst. I, I hope everyone knows where to 
go and not where to meet maybe several spots um because that part really messed us up we tried to go out of town by then the roads were pretty open there wasn't many people trying to escape except for maybe on foot are you trying to go um, south we, at this point or are you trying to go more yes. inland for some reason i always tried to go south because the smoke was kind of north of me when it started right. just a little bit so just you know, instinctively you just head. headed south yeah I had to. I was kind of pushed that way or else I would have had to go through all the black smoke. Right. It was like, yeah, I kind of had, I was forced to go south and or towards the ocean. And uh, so we just see people dumbfounded standing there as we're driving out of Lahaina. And uh, there is a man panicked, can't find his wife, his house is burned. Uh, so we get him a ride. We load him in the truck take him all the way up to Lania Poco, which is near where a meeting spot that we were supposed to meet our friends. Mm -hmm. um, and it was insane. When we dropped him off, it was like 80 mile an hour winds. It seemed like it, it was scary. Like there was nowhere we could park. It seemed that wasn't and under are a there tree. there fires or, around you at this point also? At this point we were above the bypass. So we were looking down on the fire. Okay. which was definitely um, growing kind of in all directions. It was starting to get more sunset time, getting darker. And uh, yeah, it was kind of below us to our right. And we were, I didn't feel safe there at all. I kept begging my friend if we could please uh, just leave that area. Uh, we just circled around basically trying to find them. At this them. point on the map, where are you? Let me zoom We're in. We're up Lahaina. So, uh, so it's just south of Lahaina. So my, uh, my like, cursor. See my cursor? We don't see it. Oh, you don't see it? No. I thought I was screen sharing. I'm sorry. You're fine. <laughs> my bad. There. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was up the whole time. I was sitting there like, is this it? Is this it? Yeah. So see that first road up out of Lahaina? Uh, south of all the homes. Right here? One more down. I can't tell if that says Lani Poco or not. It that, might be the next that one. That says Hoka... Hoka Poca. I don't know what this is. Here's... L yeah, so... The behind a Luna Road. I don't know what that is. But yeah, we went up... I'm pretty sure that it's... I think... Or we went up Lani Poco Road. So it might be the next one down. That goes up into those homes. That's Huck. Or that. Huck. I don't know. It was one of those two roads. I can't really read what they say. It's, it's south of those, though. South of these? Yeah. So you yeah, made it pretty it might far be south then. So you made. What is that road right there? Yeah. Kalihili? Yeah, go back towards Lahaina. I think it's that second uh, road that goes up to the homes. Yeah, I think that's Lonnie Poco. Okay. I can't tell. It starts with a P. But yeah, we went somewhere to some fire access road up there. Something loop is uh, what it says. It's back behind us. Okay, so you're back in this area somewhere. Yeah, kind of down below it, just like by those bypasses, by that empty like grass area. There's like these 
roads that go along the highway now up above in the mountain a little bit. Okay. But yeah, we were up there and uh, eventually they evacuated. We we sat at the bottom of Lahan, uh, Poco on Jalapeni Lani Highway, uh, right at the bottom there. And then eventually at night, they started evacuating Poco all up there in those homes. By police car, they were like driving around. They might have even been knocking on doors, but the fire was not being contained, so they had to evacuate all those people. Mm. Uh, so then we we got evacuated. So we started driving again further down south on the poly, and we pulled over. So that we got evacuated. We just kind of moved just a little bit, trying to find anywhere safe to park that we could along right. the highway. And we slept there. But you could see the flames. We had to literally just, like, watch them all night long because uh, they looked like 100 feet high. I don't know if it was igniting a tree. Every time it would go super, super high. And then it would look like they were putting it out. And my friend kept wanting to go back to Lahaina um and i was kind of arguing with them the whole time that no 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 like we can't head back that way um but nobody could really comprehend what was going on or what had happened uh so i think it was right around sunrise we got evacuated farther down the poly and we ended up at olawalu which is somewhere we we were terrified to drive to the other side because of the winds it's a very crazy highway yeah. Already in and their at this point of the Alu Walu, this started at f- around 5 a.m., you say, on the 8th or so, or is it the 7th or 8th? 5 a.m.? This is the 9th, the 9th now in the so morning. This is the next yeah. day you're at Alu Walu. You made it. Yeah, Alu Walu. Mm-hmm. And we were just like, avoid, we couldn't. I kept. Wanting to get away from the fire, but at the same time, it was terrifying to drive on the poly. Even on a good day, I don't like doing it. It's very windy, and it's like a super high cliff. It's kind of like driving Highway 101, if you've ever done that. Yeah. And um, so we didn't know if the whole other side was on fire. That's the last thing I had seen on my phone. Uh, So we didn't know anything about the other side. We didn't know if the if you could even get around the highway. Uh, so we just kind of like sat there on the side of the road waiting uh, about 11 o'clock. We were like out of water. We had four dogs in the car. Um, and I, I, we tried to search the radio. There was nothing but Hawaiian music playing, like yeah. no information. No info uh, at all. No, and I never saw any emergency vehicles heading in the next day. Which and your was phones weird weren't working at all during this either. Yeah, so I doubt they. I don't think they ever got cell phone reception back. But mm. I'm pretty sure. So my phone was dead. So I have no way of knowing really anything about the phones except for that I've just heard since then nobody had like no one really had self. The towers were knocked down. So even if my phone yeah. was on, uh, but. Once I got to the other side, uh, we got to Malaya Harbor. The poly was crazy. The highway, there was people walking like all night long. I saw families, people on foot, 
walking in like seriously like 85 mile an hour winds walking the poly like tourists i don't know who they were uh but i can't even imagine they, they were, were just out like there just the like watching it they weren't trying to escape or anything no, they, were, they were people that like probably maybe a, were tourists that didn't have cars staying in lahaina or like many people that lived in lahaina and they were had no choice but to walk the highway all the way to Ma'alaya Harbor. One of my best this is, friends. This, where I'm, where I'm pointing right now is that where you're talking about. Yes, people had to walk from here from to how how yes. many miles is that? Good lord, I don't know, but it's twenty miles to Kaalui, I think. Uh, so and it is scary, man. Like I, when I first got to Ma'alaya, I got out of the and I saw people. They were literally like all night long, little kids. Uh, walking the poly at night, and I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even drive it. Let, but being exposed like that, uh, walking, would it literally gives me nightmares. And then I get out of the car at Malaya Harbor, which was chaos. And my first friend I ever made in Maui that I I found on Craigslist, and I moved over there and lived with him. For many years, uh, he gets out of this car next to me. He's the first person I saw. He told me he had just walked all night from Lahaina, the poly. Oh and I just gosh. couldn't believe he, people I saw. He said he had to burrow into it. Like there were all these trees, like super, super old oak trees, kiave trees. Uh, they were falling over. And he burrowed himself into like, the sand because the exposure was gnarly that day. Like the wind was so bad. The air was like thick with this dust all day. And then to add the smoke and it was just so bad. I can't even imagine. When was the last time it rained there before this, this hit? Yeah, I have videos of it because every time it rains, it's a really big deal. Yeah. And I, I gotta say, it's definitely been a few months. Like maybe the, oh, wow. I gotta look up. So months that. before y'all had rain, any rain. Yeah, but the thing that's horrible that's coming out, like it's been known for years, and all these families fought for so long uh, to protect the water from Lahaina because it's actually a marshland, uh, but or like it's a wetland. But they, the West Maui Land Co. and Alexander and Baldwin, they are people that have been diverting the water from Lahaina to they own a lot of Lahaina or like the property in Maui. Uh And so they kind of had been kind of taken away from Lahaina. So it's gotten a lot drier. It never should be like that. It's, it's, I don't know if it's getting diverted to like golf courses or what, but, uh, they're the, the biggest thing that the I'm hearing from the locals right now is they're fighting to keep their water because the, what was it? 24 hours after the, fires uh the west my land corporation and alexander and baldwin uh began like diverting the water trying to take over these proclamation or like there's like these laws that protect water that they fought for and yeah water rights uh, kind of and, and this is the water flowing yeah. off of the the mountain there right is that what it is just be super super green it should not be dry like that so that contributed to the fire and people that owned the land around the Haina that just were making money off sugarcane plantations, exploiting kind of the land. Then they stopped doing that and they never filled the land in with anything else. So it was right. just dry grass 
And that's what Lahaina looks like on a map. I can't believe it because yeah. it should be super, super lush like this, from those like the mountains. Yeah. yeah. So what you're saying so, is they're diverting the water flow from this mountain to go this direction toward Maui. No, I don't know where, maybe up north there, like the richest parts are maybe Wailea and Kapalua, and those look still look pretty green to me, kind of north and east up. Where's Wailea? I don't know where they're diverting it to, but not to Lahaina as much as that they should, or, or maybe they were, but now they're definitely trying to grab that water yeah. back. I understood the whole thing, but I know... That's what I'm seeing the most posts about right now is land grabbers and people that are trying to take the water, which contributed to the fire. The fire department didn't even have any water to fight the fire after a while. They they lagged on getting like turning on some other source. Yeah. And then when they turned on, it was contaminated. So people can't even drink the water there anymore. It's crazy. But. Well, you got to be careful. They your- got a pretty big water source right here. But <laughs> I yeah, know. I don't know why they can't uh, how, use the How does the fire department run out of water? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand. I do know when I use salt in my garden to kill stuff, it kills everything. Salt and water, nothing yeah. ever grows. So maybe they're not using salt water on those lands because it will... Like, yeah, but you know, for an emergency water. backup plan like they just had, it's <laughs> like, you know... Salt water is going to be better than what happened. Oh, I think this is it. They couldn't use helicopters during the fire because of the wind. I think they sure. do take those uh, big scoops out of the ocean and maybe people's pools, and I don't know what. But I, I know that they, they couldn't do that during the fire because of the wind. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get the why, why they couldn't get the aerial aid in there. But, again, they could tap their hoses in and trucks into the salt water and – and get it there. Yeah, definitely something to maybe have I mean, I'm sitting here as an, uh, you know, Monday, was it Monday morning armchair quarterback? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's reasons and they probably make sense, but at the same time, you know. Well, for, they, might have, they might not have been able to access a lot of the roads. It sounds like there was so much congestion and down poles and everything else that, I mean, a fire truck's a big-ass vehicle, obviously, so to get it through narrow streets and stuff is you know that already has power poles and everything down they might have not even able to access it yeah hold on one second yeah i got something that's gone out here can you hear me okay check check one two one two check 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 yeah the left side is going out for some reason i don't understand that i didn't hit anything i don't think but all right, I'll fix it in post. Government sending in a bug. <laughs> yeah, we can't critique, you know, yeah. what happened there. So, so from from when it started, Becky, to to when you made it to the to the bay, to that um, I I don't know the name, harbor. the harbor mm-hmm. of say it again, Malaya Harbor. Yeah, there. How many how many hours? How many how many days did that take you to get from Lahaini? Yeah, so from the fire um, till I got to the other side was probably like almost 20 hours or something like that. 
uh, I, I don't know. Let me think. It yeah. was like we didn't get to the other side till the next day. But, you know, time is so hard right now because I didn't have. Yeah. And you guys like, had a vehicle that you traveled most of the way, too. And you're saying yeah. there's people that walked it. That's crazy. Yeah, and I would we would have given them a ride, but we were parked. We didn't know sure. that we could even drive the poly. We didn't see any cars coming like in or out. Basically, when they started evacuating Lania Poco, there was a huge rush of cars, um, and I, me and my friend were just like at a loss. And I saw crazy like trees roll across the highway, like the the power lines were all about to fall. Like you didn't know what to expect on the poly. Um, and I just heard that the other side was on fire too. So I didn't see going to the other side as any as an sort option. of good option. It's, yeah. Yeah. But if there was information on the radio or that would have been helpful or like. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, I guess the people in the radio stations had to evacuate too, because I mean, I'm not going to sit there and update people yeah. <laughs> I'm the, mayor, the mayor and all of them i heard didn't even really have any idea what had happened to lahaina till like 12 hours later they were even giving interviews as people were jumping in the water on front street and they were the mayor bison uh was saying you know he just was talking giving this interview not even having any idea that lahaina was like burnt to the ground at this point that's it's crazy the lack of communication and <laughs> that unbelievable. I'm pretty sure all of them, the mayor, the governor, um, the emergency, the guy in charge of like sounding the alarms, they were all off island at the time, which it's like hurricane season in August. So I can't imagine why they would have left or not just sent someone in their place to these FEMA meetings that they were attending. It's crazy. No one was there. And how many miles away were gas. they from from this, would you say? They were on another island in Waikiki. Oh, so they were on the island. On another island of Hawaii. I got you. So it's like a, you know, it's, I don't know how long it takes to fly, maybe like 25 minutes. Not It's not a far flight from Oahu to Maui. But they waited till like the next day to come back. And then he resigned the very next day after saying he didn't regret sounding the alarms. Oh, um, yeah, he resigns. Uh. For health reasons. Um, yeah, yeah the governor people are going to kill his ass. That's, a, that's his health reasons. Yeah. yeah. I heard also maybe he had been drinking and partying at that meeting. Uh, so maybe that's his health reason too. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there, there probably I, needs to be like an investigation that. into that, even though he resigned, there still needs to be an investigation on that with criminal allegations and charges. Definitely. And the that. governor and the mayor and the chief of police. Maybe. And the land barons that were diverting the water. Yeah. Yeah. I bet all that'll get swept under the rug though. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, today. It's I feel like coming more to light uh, that the like Hawaii Board of Education is saying that there's like 2,000 kids that haven't uh, enrolled in school yet. So they're definitely hoping to get some answers on where all the missing youth is and why the mayor's like 
not really answering yeah. that question. At this he point in know. time, um, how many people are dead? Over 200, So I wrote it down. I think they're saying uh, 115 are confirmed dead. And then they're saying like 48 of those people, their families have been identified or like notified. Right. And, but I know that it's really hard to release numbers, I'm sure. But I feel like they should by now have a better idea. And I heard the FBI came out with a better list but it did not include any of the minors mm. and then the education department released that they had originally had 300 students signed up to start the school year and they've only they have 2200 kids that have not been accounted for or enlisted you know like that what? aren't signed up to yeah and you know everything is so much information and some of it's misinformation but because the governor and the mayor aren't giving clear answers and saying they don't know it's it's opening the door to all these things that you don't know if they're true or not and uh if that is true or if not they should produce a list of kids that are missing because that it should be like the biggest concern oh absolutely yeah, but isn't there still like isn't there still like eight hundred people unaccounted for right now? Like, yeah, like, like we the have numbers the, are we good. Have the uh, yeah, they said it was weird. They said a thousand, then they said Maui said eight fifty, then the FBI said no, it's a thousand fifty. Then the FBI released this list finally with only three hundred eighty eight names on it, and I knew a couple of the people on it that were I'm pretty sure alive. So I was a little suspicious of this list. And then they're saying like yesterday that they cleared a hundred people off this list of 388 names. But I'm wondering why did they only release 388 names? If there's a thousand people that have been claimed to be missing. I don't know. The lists are just so um, unclear. Yeah. That sounds like government. Yeah says, uh, here's New York Times. Officials release list of 388 people missing from Maui fires. Here's ABC. 1,100 people. Yeah. So like, what? 388, 1,100. And you're saying there's over 2,000 children not being. I'm saying that for some reason their parents either haven't enrolled them to go to school, which I know parents are desperate for daycare or any, they have, you know, it's hard enough to survive over there right now. But when you have your little kids with you, it's hard. Uh, so they were trying to come up with some daycare solutions. Uh, the weirdest part of all of it for me is really the kids and the fact that they were told day of because of the wind not to go to school for the first day of school. And they were all left at home uh, while their parents went to work. And then now they're not even really talking about how they're going to get all these kids in school, that their schools burned down. There's not really a lot of talk of that or funding uh, where we're going to put these schools at and get these kids into school. Because it's so crazy to think of all these kids out of school for weeks and weeks and weeks um, and no normalcy. And it's just like getting no attention. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, Here's a NBC News 
far as the death toll, they're saying 114 people have been confirmed dead and estimate over a thousand more could still be unaccounted for. Which I, I get it. I mean, during this, I mean, people were just going wherever as fast as they could to get out of there. So people are really displaced right now. Um, yeah, but they can, they can only well, go so far, right? Like, like Yeah. I, I they would have done by now. I mean, you would think, when, but again, the communications when, are probably still down, right? They're, I don't think they've got comments yeah, back up. Like a couple of places you could go. Like, uh, there's only a few hubs. And yeah, I just, I can't imagine. And think about all the people that went into the ocean and you see pictures, yeah. you see pictures of that. And I guarantee you, I mean, at least one person probably died from that. So, well, just the oh, exposure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like sharks, the- are there sharks in that area? Yes, there are definitely sharks in that area and people getting into the water. The tide uh, pulling that- them out. The current ninety well, seriously like ninety mile an hour, um, offshore winds. So they're blowing you out to sea to open ocean. There's two islands you might be able to get to, uh, but man, I looked on a map and there is just nothing. And I I don't even know. There there had to have been so many people just like me that thought, and I'm hearing their stories, um, of them like in their cars and they're all like, we'll just go to the ocean. We'll just, you know, we'll swim out thinking like, and a lot of those people did survive, but where are all the others that jumped into the ocean and how will we ever know? There'll be people that will never be found because the, the current carries them out. They get eaten by the sea life. Thermia. Cause a lot of the people that jumped into the ocean, they, they had to wait eight hours, five hours to be rescued. So they literally had to climb on the rocks and get near the fire enough to just warm up while getting like burned by embers. Yeah. But they had no choice. They were literally going to die from just being in the ocean for that long. Like yeah, I get cold surfing after like two minutes if there's any wind at all. Yeah. You know, I can't even imagine have gotten into the ocean that day and how dirty it was. And there was like just the grossest things going into the water in the air. I just feel so bad for those people that I don't know how they'll ever get past that experience of going into the ocean that day or. Yeah. But that's like, the thing. I mean, that as, as the time goes on too, and these people, you know, still say there's like a thousand or so missing, just curious how many of those probably ended up there and met their demise in the, in the ocean itself. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like, most of the people, unfortunately, I feel like they were asleep in their homes. Uh, I feel like because the, it was so loud from the wind all day, I don't even know how you'd have any idea there was a fire uh, because this all the sounds were muffled and you had been hearing explosions, trees fall on houses, uh, crazy stuff all day. And you were in your room with all the doors closed, all the like, windows closed no power I bet no you, lights no power no communication no phone i bet you most of the people uh were the people that were just like up lahaina luna um in their homes uh, totally unaware or maybe by the time they were aware they only got as far as their cars 
Yeah. And they were just like, Ooh. it's crazy. If they would have had that alone, so many people would be alive or had a chance or even just been aware to make a, any decision, you know, but they were probably asleep or just had no, not even a second have a to clue. think. Yeah. Cause it happened so fast. Those winds blow that, that fire so fast. So you had, <clears throat> you had mentioned earlier, you were talking about maybe hindsight, you know, thinking back, you, you should have done this. You should have done that. So what, what do you, or would you have done knowing what you just went through? How would you have prepared for that? How could you prepare for that to better survive it? Yeah. Yeah. One thing is and you survived to, it. You Congratulations know. to you. You did survive it. So. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you so much. I am grateful for that, but I, I got to say anybody first off in that situation, uh, it makes it a lot easier to survive if you helped, if you didn't just panic that you you have the mindset of having things under control because you've thought about it and being prepared um, and you have your go bag of stuff and you've thought of where you're going to go. Uh, you know, people say, I, I bet so many families were spread out, you know, not together when it occurred. Oh, yeah. So like you said, some hard. some people went to work and left their kids at home. Yeah. And normally, yeah, normally you're just like the night before I was working on French Street uh, till nine at night. Like everyone I know is just spread Are out. Are you saying all the time. front F R O N T Front Street? Yeah. Okay, I I yeah. thought you were saying French Street. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's fine. Yeah, I heard you say. I got you. I got you. I was looking for French Street on that map. I couldn't find French Street, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, Front Street. It's just like the street that you'll see a lot with the burnt-out cars. Yeah. Um, I worked on Front Street the night before, and I just can't even imagine if we were open that day. I, I'm really thankful the power was shut off because I keep thinking of all the people on Front Street, and I have to remind myself that they were probably not at work because the power was off. I don't know. I know a lot of people ran towards their businesses on Front Street to yeah. try to save them, and there was no water is no way to do that so um but yeah i have to try to remember okay the power was out that day things that were not normal uh but yeah having i really regret um one went the second i heard there was a hurricane coming or a natural disaster possibly because not all disasters are foreseen but some are like when it's hurricane season and it's a drought and you have something coming don't expect the someone to tell you to prepare, just have that ready. Um, you know, have water, have, I'm a big fan right now of fireproof blankets. I don't know why, but I just kept thinking of how badly I wish I had one and, uh, like a fire extinguisher. I don't know. Maybe in your car, like, Sure. Because I saw a lot of people in the car, fires starting around them and them saying, I wish we had brought the fire extinguisher. Mm -hmm. I saw people putting out fires with their water bottle or their slippers, like saving all these people in their cars from little. But yeah, having something to protect you from fire or um, flood or anything like that. And then some water. Uh, I have no idea where my passport, my birth certificate and social security card were all in different places at the time. So and you have no time to think and you shouldn't think about stuff like that. But 
in the long run, when you start trying to get assistance or say get a flight, Mm -hmm. uh, you need identification and you're going to need something like that. So having that stuff somewhere, you know where it is. Having a go bag. Have a go bag ready to go for for those emergencies. Especially like you said, when when you know that it's hurricane season right now. And everybody in Florida knows that hurricanes are going to be hitting, you know, the islands. Hurricanes are coming. And yet there are still people that have been there for years that just wait to the very last second to either bug out or they decide to ride it out. You know, they wait to the last second to do that. And then they're scrambling and they put themselves in jeopardy. And then, you know, the the people who who risk their lives to come in and save them have to, you know, again, risk their lives to come in because they made stupid decisions and they didn't get out when they were given plenty of time. And, you know, stupidity, hubris, I guess, human hubris. I don't, I I don't know what it is, but, um, planning ahead of time when you have the, the ability to do that, getting that go bag ready, getting your credentials, like you said, the passport, your credit cards, cash, um, and have on a, a bag ready to go, and then having a evacuation plan, like you were talking about earlier, is like and having yeah, several think- evacuation plans. Like if this is blocked, then this is my my route two. This is my route three, and have a place, a destination that you're going to go. Like you said, a meeting place. You know, yes, yeah, for your loved ones, your family, and just for yourself. It's like if if Hurricane comes in, this is my plan. If it's a fire, this is my plan. If it's, and you have to plan for the unknown. You know, if it's just an unknown where I have to be out in minutes or seconds, I've got my stuff, I've got my bag, I can grab it and I can go knowing that that's going to get me at least, I would plan for at least three days, you know, three days water, three days food. Yeah, you never know. Hey Leadheads, White Settle with Seal One. Just here to talk to you and tell you a little bit about our product. Seal One CLP Plus is a bio-based, non-toxic product. It comes in a paste, liquid, aerosol, and pre-saturated bore-specific patches called Seal Skins. They all do the same thing, just different methods of application. The best way to use our product is to start with a clean firearm. There's two reasons why I say that. First, you start with the Seal One CLP Plus by field stripping your firearm and covering the entire firearm inside and out, bore, barrel, everything with the Seal One CLP Plus. You'll see how easy it spreads around. You'll want to wait about 15 to 20 minutes, then you come back and you want to wipe it all off. So you see how easy it is to put on and remove. And the second reason we say to use a clean firearm is you'll find that it's not clean. We're gonna pull out more carbon that's been left behind with whatever product you've been using before. Okay, it takes about three cleanings, so I like to say a clean shoot, clean shoot, clean shoot, just normal usage before the Seal One CLP Plus has removed whatever product that you were using before and has seasoned the firearm. It's kind of like breaking in a cast iron skillet. And after that first cleaning, you will notice a difference. And with each successive cleaning, you will find that it gets easier and easier to clean. Seal One CLP Plus is a dry lubricant and is designed to work as such you will find that malfunctions are virtually eliminated when used properly because the majority of all malfunctions are caused to carbon buildup 
And with the Seal 1 CLP Plus, the carbon does not build up. Seal 1 CLP Plus is safe on all metals, plastics, composites, polymers, rubber, wood, and leather. Seal 1 CLP Plus is a one and done formulation. No other products are required or needed to clean and lubricate and protect your firearm. That's why we say Seal 1 and done. Seal 1 is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Use the code LEADHEAD for a 25% off discount. Yeah, and you said you had mentioned that um, when you and your friend left the house, you didn't drive. You you headed out on foot, and you said you regretted that. Why did you regret that? What would you have done different there? Well, one, I've I had a car, uh, but it did get totaled uh, several years ago, just being parked on this, you know, by my house. And so I never got another car, and I I don't recommend that for anyone. I thought we were going to die because of my lack of preparedness, not having a vehicle, a reliable vehicle. That was something really key in that moment. We didn't want to just break down on the poly or not have any gas to get all the way around. Yeah. Um. So having a really reliable vehicle maybe that's already common sense for everyone but well, it's in the not island, because it's, people don't they okay. don't they're like they put it off they'll put off getting their tires done they'll put off getting you know the starter fixed or it's like i can do that later i can do that later well just like you're pointing out right now had you had good reliable transportation then you know that could have gotten you out probably a lot quicker and you probably could have picked some people up along the way and saved their you know save them some grief and and whatnot as well but that's things yeah, people my, don't think yeah. about, and but they need to think about is the vehicle that you drive, I, you need to keep it up. Yeah. And maybe I always used to get just a little bit of gas. I couldn't tell you how scary it was the whole time. I kept asking my friend, how much gas do we have left? You know, because we started with a half tank and we had been driving around in circles and um, I was just super scared. You know, so I would never, if I ever own a car, I'm going to have like a lot of <laughs> gas in it. Well, it it's not only that, more. but you want to have you want to have gas cans, you know. Yes, yes 10, cans 15 gallons of gas that you can grab quickly and put in your vehicle as you go. Because again, when a catastrophe happens, everybody's going to be doing the same thing, trying to get out, trying to bug out, and there's going to be people that aren't prepared, and they're going to be at that gas station, and you're not going to be able to get gas. You'll be prepared. Yeah. You'll have the gas. You'll have your water. You'll have your food. You'll have everything in your to-go bags, and you just throw it in your vehicle if that's if that's a viable option at the time to get out. And then you can hit the road and you can go and you can beat that traffic out. Yeah, man, and have some maybe know the roads in your area. Uh, don't rely on the main roads because if something happens with power lines or whatever confusion and miscommunication there was that the roads weren't really that accessible. Um, yeah. You can, you can never no, count uh, on the main thoroughfares for catastrophes because everybody's going to be using those to evacuate and they're going to be backed up. So your evacuation plan, you need to have secondary, you know, third, fourth roads that maybe people don't know about. And, Again, you're talking about knowing your roads, knowing your traffic. You need to get a printed map also. That's something that's that's crucial is to have a uh, Rand McNally. I don't know if they – I'm sure they still make maps. 
But people are so yeah. reliant on their cell phones. But like you just said, you didn't have service. You didn't have internet. You didn't have cell phone service. You couldn't use, you know, your little do all save all, you know, little cell phone here. You know, this is what everybody's yeah. relying on right now. It's like, yeah, I can, you know, I always call somebody for I can call an Uber. No, you're not well, going to be able to. And you just you prove that beyond a shadow of a doubt right there is that you didn't it's have useless. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's useless. Absolutely. So have a printed map, have a good old fashioned paper and ink map. And I'm sure you can get online today and and order one or go to a gas station. I don't know. I haven't seen one in, in for years. I've got, I've got an old one that's, remember those big giant, you're not going to remember this Rebecca because you're too young, but Jared, those giant Rand McNally of the United States. Yeah. 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 And, and, I've seen those recently because I buy those um, like Cabela's and and Sportsman's Warehouse, those types of places. They usually have a map section that you can buy like the the general U.S. maps. Yeah. Yeah. So a a good printed up to date as you can get map, uh, especially of your area, but of the whole of the United States would be great because when you're bugging out for a catastrophe disaster, you know, you never know where you're going to need to go. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it's funny you didn't uh, mention that McNally guy. I just read the most beautiful quote by him. Uh, and I read that he made the maps. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I think it was him that said uh, Hawaii is like going from black and white to color. I was like, oh, that's so cool. It's, and now it's funny because the pictures all look black and white. Every picture I see of Lahaina, it's now lack of color burned. It got burned. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I was, I was seeing, Seeing some pictures on the news um, before we got on, um, it's still you know big in the news there. That's where I heard about the electric company blaming the county, and the county blaming the electric company. That I just had seen that. Yeah. Speaking of disasters, there was a big earthquake just then. Actually, Whoa. they're, they're building a uh, subdivision across the street over here, and they're blasting. And every day about this time, <clears throat> shakes the whole subdivision. Do you have a go bag? I have several go bags. <laughs> I do. That, that's that's the problem, though. He's going to stare at all 20 of them trying to figure out which one to take and <laughs> waste his whole time there, right? Well, I have them strategically placed, so I don't have to run. So I can just grab one at any time, that's any right. place. And I have one in my car also. There's one that stays, that's just dedicated to stay in my car. And, you know, not just food, not just water, but you also need medical supplies. Yes. So just good basic medical supplies, alcohol, hydrogen peroxide, cotton swabs, bandages, gauze. Um, um, You need some good clippers, good good scissors, good strong scissors. Um, So, yeah, I mean, these are things, and we've talked about this on the show before, but... It's, you know, get in that mindset that I'll do it tomorrow. Well, that's that's when the disaster is going to happen. That's when catastrophe is going to strike is when you least expect it. So you want to be ready for it and expecting it. And there's no better time than to do that today. Mm -hmm. And there are all kinds of websites that you can go to to get, you know, all the things that you need 
There's places that have water, long-time storage water, long-term storage food. Four Patriots, again, you go to fourpatriots.com. They've got all kinds of great items. You need power. Like you said, you you didn't have power. You your phone, you know, could have died on you. Even you know, if your phone's working, you want it. You don't want to have power for it. You want to have batteries for your flashlight, so you need light. You know, because yes. because like you said, the power's going to be out. You're going to lose power in a in a catastrophe in a disaster. So you're going to need some source of light, whether it's flashlight, it's a lantern. Um, you know, you want to get extra batteries, store up on your batteries and, and rotate them out ever so often because batteries go yeah. dead. And, you know, these, uh, I don't have one handy, but, you know, those little power banks that you can charge up, keep a couple of yeah. those yeah. charged up and keep them in your, your go bags with, Seriously. with the, uh, the yeah. wires, the USB connectors thingies. I used to have all that. I usually have all that stuff laying here and I can grab it and show it, but. It's yeah, I, I, just, I just taught a, a go bag class last week with my buddies mm-hmm. at Free Wind Defense. And one of the things that we get into is the lighting portion of it, right? And one of the best options that you can get is I use those, uh, the white chem lights, you know, yeah. white glow sticks. Keep them in your bags. Yeah. They last for hours and hours they, and they, they pretty much never die, but you can signal with them. You, you have enough light to, to see but there's no batteries. They're lightweight. They're compact. Right. You know, absolutely. And and that's a that's a that's a great great option for lighting. Yeah, everybody needs to have that in their go bags. Definitely. Another thing that I want to add, um, I'm super thankful Hawaii uh, has managed to come together how they have, and they haven't heard very much, um, even with like little little aid and a little panic on how they were going to get medicine and water and gas they've kept super super peaceful there's been like no crazy looting or rifts or anything but i know that you think why are these people still staying there it's because that's all they have left those homes say above lania poco that um are still there and those people want to protect what they have left you can't just like leave your home the only home you know and you don't even know yeah and so you have to protect your house, um, which a lot of people I can understand. If you don't have anywhere else to go, like when you evacuate, it's such a hopeless feeling. You're like, wow, I, it, it's terrible. It's a so lost I get feeling. Yeah, you're just lost. And maybe you even want to stay and know what happened to your home or try to water it down. Or but anyways, I just feel that protecting what you have, uh, it's. I feel like having some little firearm or some sort of firearm to feel protected. Hopefully you never have to use it. And luckily I don't, Hawaii is not like, um, but yeah, I, I think I asked my sister if she would please get me a little handgun because just in your go bag, I don't know, but. Absolutely. You need some form of protection because what else happens during these, these disasters and these catastrophes and these riots? You know, people start looting and stealing and they they take what they want. You know, if you've got your water and you've got your food, you know, somebody else is going to want that that doesn't have it. And they'll try to take it from you and they will kill you to try and to, to try and get that. So, um, you know, this is a, you know, Talking Lead, we are a 2A proponent show 
and we advocate carrying every day on your person to protect yeah. yourself responsibly, do it responsibly, but that, that you should also have maybe an extra one in your go bag in case something happens to the one that's on you. You definitely want to have, if you're going to carry, you're going to want to have extra ammunition for your firearm. I recommend that if you're carrying firearms, that you keep them all the same calibers as well and same, same brand. So this magazine will fit in my go bag gun magazine, the same ammo that it uses. Um, so yeah. Cause could you imagine if something like this happened <clears throat> in SoCal? Like I just, I, I'm so the people of Hawaii are amazing and I hope they inspire others to be like, Oh, okay. Forever in a disaster. Our community can actually help us. Louisiana uh, is a great example. What with, uh, with the response, with the riots, just, with the riots and yeah. the people stealing and looting and people needed to protect themselves. Yeah. You know, they needed their fire, but yet the, the police were coming in, confiscating people's guns and taking them away from them I and mean, taking away their ability to protect themselves. It's just ludicrous. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just having some sort of, when you have no home or when you have a home and that's all you have, I don't know. It's just any form of protection is yeah. comforting. But there disaster. are other forms. You, I mean, if you're not comfortable with yeah. a firearm and... You know, you're just completely against it. That That's your choice, and that's your, you know, if you want to do that. But there are other ways you can do it. There's mace. You can get mace. You know, that bear mace is great stuff to, you know, Definitely. spray mace on somebody to protect yourself. Yeah. You know, a knife. I don't know how you feel about knives, but, you know, a knife, a blade. Uh, but there are other forms of tasers. So many mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's tasers. So... There are other ways that you can protect yourself other than firearms. Um, of course, most of our listeners are going to be leaning toward firearms, and that's that's fine. Maybe like a noisemaker too. You know those like <laughs> noisemaker. <laughs> like woo woo. You get a, you get a recording of Joe Biden cocking his shotgun. <laughs> and yeah. Maybe that'll scare cocking everybody off. Du- cocking his double barrel yeah. shotgun. Yeah, his double barrel shotgun. <laughs> Book it's crazy. Party. I saw this short video and it was um, a l- couple locals and they started getting into a kind of road rage incident, you know, and it ended with them totally apologizing, like knuckle pounds, have a good day. Like I was scared watching the video, like, oh no, you know, that they're going to go at it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the guy just says, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. My kid's you know, I'm just worried about them. And they were like, knuckle pound. Okay, have a good day. It's like the Hawaiian people are like, really, they're a warrior nation, but they're like the kindest, chillest people. Totally not about violence, I feel. Yeah, yeah. And I think for the most part, most humans are that way. Yeah, you know, they, they don't want confrontation. They don't want, you know, they don't want violence. But sometimes there's a need for it. And if your life is in danger, your loved one's lives are in danger, then, you know, the instinct, human instinct kicks in and people will do things that they wouldn't normally do in everyday life to protect themselves and their family. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, all, you you have to be on guard of that and be, be willing to protect yourself and your family. But preparedness is, you know, kind of what this is about because this is, again, hurricane season. We have all these crazy fires happening all over the world. I just heard that Greece is burning. 
You know, there's there's mad wildfires going on in Greece. Of course, we just had them up in Canada. Um, in the yeah. news right now, uh, Louisiana is having some some crazy wildfires up north California and northern northwestern United States. There's bunch of wildfires going on up there too. Uh, and I, you know, I think obviously in Hawaii's case, this is something that hasn't happened. You know, it's not an every year occurrence kind of thing, that type of fire, but there are fires that, that happened. Texas is another, we were going to have ton on, he's still threatening to jump on. Um, but ton, uh, was going to talk to us about some fires that he'd been through there in Texas. And, you know, it, they could happen anywhere. I mean, you could get just a, an electrical fire in your house and have, you know, a fire. Um, you know, that's another reason you're only going to have seconds to get out of your house, get your loved ones out of your house. And if you don't have an evacuation plan for that and a meeting place for your family, then, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a lot worse had you not been prepared. So get with your family and. Work out an evacuation plan if there's ever a house fire. You need to have exits, multiple exits, ways to get out of your house and that everyone can get out. And then you've got a meeting place outside your house where everybody meets up. And then that way everybody meets up. There's somebody missing. Then, you know, you've got to go in. you got to help. So being prepared is what it's all about. And so keep maintenance. an eye out for your neighbor. Yeah. Keep an eye out for your neighbor as well. Uh, there are a lot of neighborhoods that, and we've had Jay on. You guys know Jay from from the AK Corner and Brian Keeney, and we've done a couple of episodes on, you know, doing uh, neighborhood um, fire teams, where this neighbor is going to be responsible for this. This neighbor is responsible for this item. You know, if something comes into their neighborhood, that's that's a threat to them and their neighborhood where it's natural disaster or man uh, made kind of deal. We were talking about this during the riots. It's kind of what brought up the, the topic and the subject that we were doing. And, you know, each each neighbor's got a responsibility. They're going to be responsible for this. But then they also have their evacuation plans, their meetup plans um, and all that, too. So not only with. Uh, like Becky was saying, with your immediate family, but with your neighbors too. Um, if you've got a strong neighborhood like that that you can do something like that with, then even better. Good for you. But there are a lot of subdivisions yeah, where get out like, I, don't, I don't get along with my neighbors. And i got a lot of people <laughs> from California that have moved in uh, next to me. Uh, one of the neighbors, there was this mangy fox running around the subdivision. I and uh, I was going to just take it out. I was going to shoot it. <laughs> but the neighbors were like, oh, no, no, no. Let's call in animal control and let's have them come get it and see if they can save it and rescue it. And I was like, how many how many dogs do you have? How many kids do you have? And you want this mangy thing running around risking their lives. So you're idiots. So Yeah. They're like protected sometimes. <laughs> but... So you you specifically, Becky, um, you didn't have a go bag at the time. So you and your, your friend, you just grabbed a couple of waters, left with the clothes on your back, hoping for the best. Yeah, what's funny is I actually, right before the fire, I had started packing a bag because I was supposed to fly to see my sister and her new baby the next day, or the day of the fire, but 
I was not sure if the planes, whatever. There was no communication. Yeah, you had so no I, idea. Maybe the airport's burning. You didn't know. Yeah. So right before the fire, I actually was like, maybe I should pack a bag. And I started packing to go to California for a week or so. And um, But when it came time to run, I knew that none of that stuff, that stuff was going to inhibit me from, right. you know, like I needed hands free. I needed... Um, Your week-long bag that you packed was going to be prohibitive for you from fleeing that that It wasn't full. Scenario. Like, yeah, it, it's weird when something like that happens now, I know. But um, at that time, all I could think was that no, I didn't need anything. I needed – I remember grabbing a bottle, a water bottle from the trash, filling it up with some water. I couldn't even find a lid for it. I grabbed the dog, a leash, and – I looked at my bag, but I just knew and that I couldn't grab it. There was nothing. I, I knew I was probably going to have to carry my dog, which was small. But uh, my friend, I didn't even think to ask him to put anything in his bag. I think all he really grabbed was peanut butter, unfortunately, and uh, two more little water bottles. Hey, and peanut butter is good. I love peanut butter. Yeah, but he grabbed... It's probably the I best peanut butter you ever had in that day. I was boggled by what he grabbed. I think he is too, because he didn't even grab his wallet. I think he maybe thought it was in the bag, or it didn't even occur to him. So he had no no credit card, no ID, no well, that's phone. that's the thing. No. When, when disaster, catastrophe happens, you know, you get tunnel vision. And, yes. you, you know, you got the the flight mentality like i gotta get out of here and you're not thinking about wallets and you're thinking about just getting the hell out yeah that's why you do go bags that's why the important because you don't have to think about it you know you've already got everything in your bag you grab your bag not your not your big louis vuitton going to california for a week bag (laughs) unless you could got a car and you can throw it in this car but like you said it's too big of a burden for if you're just heading out on foot but a backpack, you know, a nice, a comfortable back- backpack, which, yes. by the way, Mission First Tactical has some very nice backpacks. Um, they, they've got their, they call them the, I always forget the name of them. Um, it means kind of gray man or indistinguishable in Latin. Uh, and they are called their, I'm stalling. Here they go. The Acros, A C H R O, Acro bags, and they've got three different sizes. They got like a thirty liter, a twenty two liter, and they got a sling bag. Which this is this is my EDC bag right here. This is their Acro sling bag, and I've got. I keep my firearm in here. My Glock. I keep flashlight. This is where I keep my wallet. Because I know it's in there. It's there when I need it. I've got uh, some extra food. I've got like um, granola bars and things like that. Just a couple, a little extra. Um, Did somebody do something? I heard something. No. Um, I keep my knife. Got my knife in there. I've I've got an extra med kit that I keep outside. I don't keep it in it, but I always keep that in the car. Uh, but I do have a few 
like bandages and things like that in there, not a full blown med kit. But just my everyday EDC, I take that wherever I go. If I go to the gym, I go to a restaurant, I go out to eat, that bag's always with me. And it's got just quick essential type things that I need in there. My go bags, say again. Is it waterproof? This is this is water resistant. Nice. Um, it's it's got a nice little water resistant covering on it. Um, it's it's padded. I can put a small laptop in there. This uh, this little uh, whatever these things are Surface Pros fits right in there. I got my Surface Pro. Throw charging my chargers in there. I've got an extra battery pack, power pack. Um, if I lose power, then I've got to charge my phone to run my my laptop. Uh, kind yeah, of grab That's a good idea. Yeah, I wish I'd done that. So you know, just even something like that is you know will get you through you know a quick disaster. But you never know a disaster strikes. You never know how long it's going to last. So that's why I always recommend at least three days. Of food, mm-hmm. water supply for a, you know, if I know I got to get the hell out of here and I got to go now, I'd throw it on and go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good reliable. I mean, the bag needs to be reliable too. You need to have a good reliable bag that you're going to carry yeah, with you. So you- of all those people in the ocean and they're trying to document what's going on so people know like how they died, I assume. Uh, but they didn't, luckily but they're kind of documenting with their phones. And I was thinking like, I, I can't imagine you, you got into, you had to get into the ocean with all your belongings, you know, and they're just destroyed. Yeah. Like, water. I don't know. Don't ever jump in water in an emergency. I just can't imagine that ever being a good idea, but luckily some of those people did and they did make it, but yeah. the water is very scary. Well, again, it's that instinct to survive. Yeah. And you know, fire, bag. what what fights Have fire? Water. I mean, it just logically in their mind, they're like, let me get in the water. Yeah, unless there's gasoline on the water, you know, like it's just. Oh yeah, I saw I saw pictures and photos of waves that were on fire. Yes, that is very weird to me. Very weird. Yeah, but just like you said, it's the gas and everything, all that crap that's leaking into the getting into the ocean at that point the boats that were probably catching fire and exploding the gas gas stations and just getting in the ocean and then yeah Becky what's the status like you left your house and what happened to your neighborhood like what happened to your home what happened to all that area that you left originally yeah it's dust there's nothing left nothing of my home or any of the homes I've had since I moved to Lahaina or any of my jobs, both my works are dust. There's nothing. Actually, what I, my, one of my roommates got to go to the house three days later. I, they kind of opened it for a couple hours and then they said no and they blocked it off. Right. And my friend had gone to our house because it, you don't really believe anything's really gone until you see it. With your own eyes, it's really hard to have someone tell you uh, that your house is gone. You're like, no. And so my friend went there, and I don't think he found really anything. There was nothing salvageable at all. Um, There was, though, I had 
all these shells that I'd collected and sea glass for like 10 years in a bowl in our room. And that was one of the only things that he, I think it's the only thing he took uh, back and it's called, it all melted into one piece, but everything else was burnt to total ash. It's crazy. There was like nothing. And there's pictures on the interwebs that you, you guys can, can go, your listeners can go and pull up and look, but I'm not going to do that here. Um, they're out there. So, uh, there's a house. So I read this in the paradise fires, uh, of the homes that did survive, they were made past like 1992. So one way to protect your home in a fire, uh, like for example, my neighbors, their house is standing. I have no idea. And they are there. Like they have a baby. They didn't, I wish I had told them to evacuate but when my friend went three days later, he said they were there in their home and they offered him a mask. I couldn't believe it. No one had evacuated them. They stayed, probably had no choice. They were surrounded by the inferno and that the husband must have uh, used his hose and just sprayed his house down. I have no idea how they saved their house. But I was also thinking, I do know lucky. that it's a, it's a newer home. So... Building your home, getting your roof, like, you know, a newer, updated, uh, that that saved those homes that did survive. I bet you just like Paradise Fire. I think those people were just lucky and the wind, because it doesn't matter if that, those kind of fires, it's going to take everything. I I, I can't fathom how their house survived and that they are there. Luck of God. But yeah, I imagine yeah, I've uh, heard people spraying their stuff down and this one guy is a hero, man. Uh, talk about heroes. I hope everyone in Lahaina is a hero. Like seriously, the homeless people stepped up even and were like helping people get out of the fire. Yeah. They were helping people find people like everyone in the community. Bartenders are like my friend Jeff. He's like running an entire hub over there. Like people that are just stepping up out of. Nice. Total non-experience, just good people. It's crazy. I just run on tangents. I'm sorry if I what were you gonna no say, Jared? Jared was gonna say something. No, it's it's interesting how the disasters work because a year and a half ago, my little town here in Texas got hit with an F three category three uh, tornado, and it was like the first tornado to ever land in our town, and it took out you know a hundred and some homes. And I live in an older house and all this and all the houses in my street are newer. And I lost like some shingles, but it was the opposite effect for me. My neighbor's roof was in my backyard. I didn't have a single broken window and my house is old. I think there's like, you know, but it's, it depends. It's just that one little shift can just change the course of a fire or or whatever. And of course it's luck. Right. Yeah. But I'd rather be lucky than good. Right. And so it's just, it's, it's what mother nature is going to do at that exact second. Cause 10 feet away, it could be doing something completely different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, speaking of, you know, you were talking about the alarms and the warning systems. Here's a, here's a little thing on four Patriots website. It says, how come you get an alert on your phone when you've taken your 
5,000th step of the day, but sometimes people don't even receive warnings when a disaster is about to strike. Numerous times in recent years, government emergency alert systems have completely failed the people who pay for those systems with tax dollars. This isn't about alerts that tell people there's a sale at JCPenney. It's about severe weather and other emergency alerts designed to give people time to escape or take other action. Let's look at the latest disaster alert failure first. When we're done, I'll remind you that counting on the government or alert systems is risky. Sirens silent in Hawaii. The recent wildfires in Hawaii were fueled by extremely dry conditions and winds whipped up by Hurricane Dora in the Pacific Ocean. As of this writing, more than 100 people have died and hundreds are missing. Well, almost a thousand is what they're saying now. That makes it the deadliest wildfire in the United States since the campfire in California in 2018. Yeah. And the deadliest disaster in Hawaii. Which is where we're from, too. You from Cal- from from that well, area? That, that whole campfire thing was where Becky and I grew up. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, and it's the deadliest disaster in Hawaii since a uh, tsunami killed more than 150 people in 1946. The fires are projected to be the second costliest, costliest disaster in Hawaii history behind only Hurricane I-N-I-K-I and Iki. Yeah. Iki in 1992. The incredibly fast-moving flames recorded at more than 60 miles per hour made it very difficult for people to escape. What made it even more challenging was the lack of sirens from the emergency alert system. Phone alerts were inactive or weren't ineffective. Inexplicably, Hawaii emergency management records show no evidence that warning sirens sounded before people were running for their lives. Um, say the name of your town again. Lahaina. One Lahaina re- resident who lost her home in the blaze told this to the Associated Press. There was no warning. There was absolutely none. Nobody came around. We didn't see a fire truck or anybody. Other survivors made similar statements. They claimed they did not hear any sirens or receive any other warnings. Some alerts were sent to phones plus television and radio stations, according to Hawaii officials, but it speculated that power outages and cell phone tower damage limited their reach, which is what you were, you were pointing out. Tornado enters without warning. Several months earlier, residents of Sussex and Kent counties in Delaware were not warned about an F an EF3 tornado, the storm producing winds of more than 135 miles per hour killed one injured others and damaged more than 60 homes and businesses. The area has no emergency sirens. Folks there dependent upon cell phones and media alerts, including TV and radio An alert did not go out, but the national weather service later admitted that people in portions of those two counties did not receive them. Um, so it says an alert did go out, but the National Weather Service said that the people didn't receive them. Uh, the chemical leaks from um, those train wrecks. Um, you guys remember those? The big train in Ohio? Yeah. And all the, the chemical leaks there? You know, people weren't uh, warned about that or given given notice about that. Um, so, I mean, there's all kinds. They give all kinds of different. Zombie apocalypse alert. What's that? <laughs> uh, but you guys can go to Four Patriots website. They've got a blog on preparedness. They give you tips and tricks, um, ideas on how you can better prepare yourself 
for for all kinds of unseen. I mean, just things you wouldn't even think of that you need to be prepared for. And again, you can't be reliant on the government. Cannot rely on the government. You can't rely on them to come save you. You can't rely on them to warn you. You have to be self-sufficient and self-reliant. Attention business owners. Are you ready to take your marketing game to the next level? Look no further than Black Tie Digital Marketing, the firearm-friendly, full-service agency that delivers results. We've worked with industry giants like Keltec, Spikes Tactical, and Armalite, and we even designed the kick-ass new logo at Talkin' Lead. At Black Tie, we blend creativity and data-driven strategies to ensure your message hits the mark every time. From high-end custom websites, graphic design, to inbound marketing campaigns, and everything in between, we've got you covered. Your success is our priority. Join the ranks of the industry's top players and give your business the boost it deserves. Experience the power of Black Tie today. Visit blacktiedigital.com or call 1-800-316-8030 to schedule your free consultation. That's Black Tie Digital Marketing, where firepower meets marketing power. Black Tie Digital Marketing is a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. And speaking of that, welcome in, Ton Jones. What's <laughs> happening, brother? Did you finally buy your new car? Speaking Dude. of disasters. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Dealing with, with car dealers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, Ton, meet like Becky. Me. Becky, meet Ton. Hello, nice to meet you. Hello, how are you doing? Ton, have you met Jared? I thought you guys met on the AK Corner, but I guess you weren't on that no. episode. No. How you doing, bro? Uh, surviving buying cars. <laughs> <laughs> how do you prepare for that, Ton? How do you how do you prepare? What's your go bag for dealing with a car dealer? <laughs> Cigars. A suitcase Vodka. full of cash? Dude. There's no preparation, so really. Ton, you're you're here at the very the very tail end. Um, I I wish you could have heard Becky's story. Um, she was she was in Lahaina. Yes. In Lahaina during those fires, she just escaped with her life. Was lucky to get out. That's insane. I was actually at the dealership talking to my friends that were over there during the fires also that are being transferred to another set of fires doing wildlife rescue. Wow. So, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. So Ton, weren't, weren't you involved in one of the Texas fires? Yeah. We just got done doing a fire rescue out here three weeks ago. And we have, I was doing some wildlife rescue out here and doing some wildlife removal. And we have, I work with a bunch of people around the U S that work either directly in the fires with, uh, smoke jumpers. And then I work with a bunch of people that do wildlife removal and rescue during fires and try to keep people from getting injured from wildlife at the same time. So I do a lot of work with the fire department and wildlife services. Nice. It's been. So talk about a very interesting year to say the least. Yeah. Talk about some of the, the incidences that you've experienced with the, 
the fires there in Texas? Yeah, the fires here in Texas are a little bit different than most. Um, they're unlike Hawaii is a very scary situation because you're trapped. There's not many places to go as you know, you know, um, in Texas, uh, being a flatland area, it is, we went 46 days over 105 degrees, three months without rain. And the problem is the grass turns into a powder and people are trying to fix fences, trying to keep livestock alive and trying to do stuff just to maintain in this temperature. And what happens is people are welding fences or trying to cut something or a person breaks down on the side of the road, a fire starts and just an ember sits in the cracked ground. Fire picks up overnight and it's such flat land. A small little ember breeze picks up and a wildfire takes off, creating its own storm. And it just sweeps across the land and there's nowhere to it's go. like a snowball fire. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And y'all have some strong and, winds in Texas too. Yeah. And we were trying to inform people. Don't stand there with your phone trying to take pictures because we've. Yeah. We watched people pull over on the side of the road to take pictures and video for social media. And we watched them lose their cars, their kids. A lady actually stood out, walked away from her car to go videotape for social media. And her two kids burned to death in her car. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Where in Here Texas are you at, Ton? I'm just south of Dallas, Fort Worth is where I live. Wow. Yeah. People That's are, uh, it's the fire season is uh, very unforgiving. Two things that don't care about humans is fire and water. Yeah, Mother and, Nature. Yep, <laughs> it's it's cruel. And the unfortunate thing we're seeing a lot of lately during doing all kinds of human and wildlife rescue is during natural disasters is what they're actually calling every kind of incident, whether it's fire or water, especially fire right now, <laughs> whether it's caused by men or not, humans yeah. is people stop, especially in fires. Like we were discussing with some of the search and rescue people in Hawaii. We discussed it. They found a lot of charred bodies with their cell phones in their hands because they were going back and searching social media. And some of the people that were doing the, TikTok videos were the casualties of the fire also. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's been one of the t big topics that we've been discussing through the search and rescue community is when it comes to survival, put down your phone and get your butt to safety. Views and likes aren't worth it. Maybe it was for that. Who knows? They'll, they'll yeah. never be able to tell us now, will they? Nope. Yeah, it's so, it's so weird. Like, I remember during the fire, freaking out at people telling them, because I, I realized the building we were in, the fire was across the street, and I told my friends, we have to go now. And I, I was, like, in a pure panic. I saw my friend pull out a lap, like, a iPad, and take, start, he was literally taking pictures. And I was, like, 
freaking out being like, stop taking pictures. Like we have to go now. And then say when we were about to leave in the truck, my, the people that loaned us the truck, thank God she was taking pictures. And I just remember that pissed me off that to no end freaked me out that I couldn't get anyone to react normally. But then, and so I didn't take a single picture because my phone was dead. Luckily I, I don't, it's really weird to me that that was the one day on my phone that my, I have no phone calls, no photos, no texts. It's just like my phone blacked out that day. Uh, but then again, uh, I keep wanting to ask my friend about the picture he took when we started running from that building. And I'm watching all these people who did record their experience, probably because they had time because they were trapped in their car. And, uh, but man, that stuff is really going to help nowadays with the evidence of what went on because they're using these people's, the government saying, Oh, it was so our response was great. Like we didn't sound these alarms because of this. People would have ran towards the fire. And then now there's all this video evidence showing because of those people that thought I didn't think to take a picture or video of what I was seeing, but because they did, uh, people might be more accountable for what happened and maybe more good changes will be implemented, implemented for next time. So yeah. we know the roads, it's you know a double edged like, sword, you know, again, you don't want to advocate for people to, to start taking videos and pictures during a, a, a catastrophe, you know, you need to get the hell out of there and save yourself, save your family. But the evidence that I'm seeing now, I'm really thankful for the people that had that idea. Like, that's terrible if that contributed to people dying. And I could see why, because I was like shaking my friends, like, don't take a picture. But man, yeah. now that I'm seeing the pictures, because it, it happened so fast and it was so unbelievable. I'm seeing these pictures and videos and I'm like, wow, um, there definitely needs to be some changes that shouldn't have happened. And sure. it could have been preventable. Yeah. I mean, that's our, uh, that's we, the world we live in today though. We live in a, you know, a video world. Every, everybody videos everything now. And yeah, we try yeah. to tell people always gather evidence, but it's always self-preservation first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All of our vehicles, all of our vehicles are outfitted. Even our personal vehicles are outfitted with dash cams, like our cars have even every Uber out there, every Lyft out there. I love going to Hawaii, but anytime you have any kind of rare ride share service, there is recording videos everywhere. And especially in survival situations and rescue situations. Mm. I tell people get yourself to safety first and then document. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's yeah. really tough because we don't work with any other agency. We work, I mean, we don't work for any other agency. We just work alongside them. Um, well, Tony, you brought you up a good a good point too. Is that you guys do wildlife rescue during these yeah. these catastrophes during these events? Um, are you aware, Becky, of any anything like that going on? In, in yeah, Hawaii there. So one of the initial fires, the one that's uh, the one that happened in the middle of the night, I don't know. I saw two different videos, but one of them that's pretty significant was a huge arc at the bird sanctuary. And they've got some of the rarest birds in the world. Is that what you mean? Right. Like mm -hmm. yeah, conservation. Yeah. Of 
So these some of these birds are super rare, and they were doing their best, uh, the people up there, to get these birds to safety or put out these fires. And that really broke my heart when I heard that. I was like, wow, some birds may have gone completely extinct at that sanctuary, or if I don't know if they were able to save them or what. Uh, and then not only that, I've thought of the turtles and monk seals are some of the rarest animals left in the world. There, There's only about 1,500 possibly in Hawaii, and they protect them, and they're very important. And I just can't even imagine how the reef, the fish, the sharks, the turtles, how any anything's going to be able to live through the contamination. And, um, yeah, I don't know who's worrying about this the turtles right now and the seals and the birds, but there's already like a limited well, as long as they weren't caged in, they, you know, they got pretty good, uh, survival instincts too. Yeah. So as long as they weren't keeping them caged and just let them free, then I'm sure they, they did. Okay. I'm sure. They did fine. But, uh, yeah. The best survival for most wildlife during a fire is let them go. Yep. Absolutely. It's in Kauai, right? Because the Niki, when it came, they, uh, and with the Lahaina fire in 2018, everyone let out their chickens uh, because you had to evacuate in a hurry. So now Lahaina has been overrun with yeah, chickens. chickens. <laughs> Just well, let them out. We know where we can get bed. chicken now if we ever have a chicken shortage again. Yeah. Chick fil A. <laughs> so, Jared, yeah. um, there's only so much I know that you can talk about with the organization that, that you work with, but um, you you guys are gearing up to help with the hurricanes that are coming in, too. What can you talk about and tell us about that? Oh, no. I, I specifically, like, uh, in 2017, I got sent out to, to Hurricane Irma okay. in, the, in the Keys, and my department sent me out there with a couple other guys to, to help assist the local law enforcement out there. But what I did was, you know, we didn't, we're not from Florida, but we got cast out there. And so I, you know, can kind of give an experience as to what it was like having to go into a disaster area that I was not initially a part of. Yeah. Because you may have family members that, are in the disaster area. The disaster's gone. It's over with. And now you have to get in there and, and kind of what to expect. And it kind of goes along with your go bags and your preparation and all that stuff. Because I did it in a, in a law enforcement capacity where I was in a marked unit and I had loaded it up with stuff and I drove. And when I got to about Pensacola, which is, I think the Northwest part of, Florida is where I could first see the disaster and it hit down in big pine down in Key West, which is the southernmost part of the United States. And so all through Florida had been hit. Well, when I go to gas stations going in, you know, I got fuel tanks and, and fuel cans. But when I when I'm going into Florida, some gas stations cash only some gas stations, you can only fill up your tank. You can't fill up any any external containers some places you can only take five gallons of gas i had people fighting in front of me i'm in a marked police car fighting over stuff at the gas stations like just you know who's gonna who's gonna follow those rules in a in a disaster they're not gonna follow the rules we we 
we like to think that we're like this sophisticated, you know, that humans are, you know, we've, we've evolved into this sophisticated species. We are animals when it comes down to these types of events. We go to our most primitive to survival. Yeah. When it comes down to survival. Yeah. Yeah. Revert back to our. Yeah. Exactly. Caveman days. And I, I brought everything. And then when I got down there, you know, you talk about maps. When we got down there and checked into the into the uh, the emergency operations center, they gave us the area that we were going to go to to check in with the local sheriff's department, and they literally gave us like a Disneyland map of the Keys, right? <laughs> so it's like like the Matterhorns over here and Space Mountains over here, and it's in like cartoon pictures. Like yeah. that was the map that they gave us of the <laughs> <That's> area, <funny>. right? <laughs> They gave us a radio and they said, once you go about, we had a 40 mile linear uh, patrol route. And then we had the grapevines that go off to the the east and the west. And they said, after about five miles, you're going to, you're not going to have reception. So if you want to have reception, you got to make it all the way back to this part. And, and the reason I'm saying this is because, you know, the fire department evac'd, evac'd before the hurricane hit. So the whole time I was there, I never saw a fire engine. I never saw firemen. I never saw anything. Oh, really? The the wow. the police that stayed, they're working on their homes after their shift. Like they they have so much on their minds with their families too, right? So we're picking up a lot of the slack on it, and we're not from there. And you know, the whole thing that you just talked about. Don't rely on the government. I'll tell you as a government entity going into a disaster relief to come and help you, you do not rely on it. It, it, There's just only so much, you know, that that can happen. I think it was probably 10 days after the landfall that I started to see some sort of FEMA relief. National Guard comes in. But National Guard is there to distribute food and water and observe. They are not there to make arrests. They're not there to stop looting. They can observe it, but they really can't engage and do anything with that. So it's kind of like a show of force, right? Mm. The areas that I'm in are all like million dollar homes, half million dollar homes, and nobody's there giving them any support. And, you know, they're just on their own. Uh, That's just the way it is. And what were you 10 days? I was going to say, what, uh, what kind of aid were you giving these people? So like basically what we would, what we'd be assigned to is, is obviously anti looting because people from Miami or, or up North would take boats, take skiffs in and hit the keys and go and, and loot, uh, houses and and things like that. Uh, you know, to well houses area. But basically what we would do is we would carry uh, hygiene kits, food, and water. Well, we can only, we can only take so much food and water with us in, in, a, in a police Tahoe. And so we would go do welfare checks on houses. You know, and it's a, it's a hard thing because you pull up to a house, and I don't know if anybody's in there or not. And I don't know if they're going to shoot my ass when I'm going up to just do a welfare check. People, you know, it's, it's their property. They don't they – don't, yeah. really care you know um and so the the biggest hurdle too was like kind of what becky talked about with the unaccountability of personnel nobody there was no emergency broadcast system that said hey if you're leaving the area 
please notify your sheriff's department or your fire department so we can account for you and know that you're not here but in, and have to worry that you are here, right? So it's, it, you're overwhelmed with with. And nobody's going to do that. <laughs> no. I'm worried about getting no. my ass out of town. I'm not going to call the sheriff's office and say, hey, no. see you all next month. No, nobody's nope. going to do that. And, 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 and that's exactly it. So, you know, we were very, very short-staffed. And we had, uh, like, Florida Fishing Game was one of the first agencies that came in there uh, when we were there. No other real departments had really come down yet. And they come in with all these badass vehicles, ladders, you know, all this equipment. And they were like, if you need law enforcement assistance, basically don't contact us. But if we see you messing with the, the saltwater crocs, the alligators, the key deer, we're going to arrest you on the spot. We're here to support the animals. We're here and to support was, the important things. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, they, they could care less about the people. Yeah. So going back to your, your thing, do not rely on the government. I mean, there's good hearted, hardworking people out there, but their hands are tied. It's, it's just yeah. the way that it is. Yeah. So, um, when you were, uh, again, as much as you can or whatever, just, if you can't answer it, just say, I can't answer it. Um, when you were down there, you know, you said you were trying to, uh, squash the looting and whatnot. Uh, did you, did you have any run-ins with people? Did... Yeah. Not, not extreme run-ins. Um, so basically what happens in an area like this is, um, you know, the way that we were set up, they, they had, um, they had some SOPs in place where any vehicle driving after sunset was automatic probable cause to be pulled over and detained. So like after dark, you are not allowed outside your yard. You are not allowed to drive on the streets. If you did, you got rolled up by any police unit, which there wasn't that many anyways. Yeah. But the, and, and so, but the thing is, is that we had to drive around with our lights on like our cherries and berries. So we had our red and blues on driving around at night so that people knew we were the police, but like, yeah, we, if we're driving down the street, you're seeing us two miles away coming in. If you're looting out a house. Right. So, uh, we did cadaver recovery, um, with drones and we were kind of just there to support basically the, the local law enforcement that were, you know, we'd go back to their house and help fix their roof afterwards. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, but that's the thing is like when you're in an area like that, you remember that the local emergency services, they're a victim too. Right. So yeah. You, and that's why a lot of them not fair to also count. flee. You know, they, they leave there. That's why they're not there. Yeah. But when you have organizations like, like what Tun's doing and things like that, th those are the, that's what it's designed for. And in fact, that's what should happen more is that we should allocate outside entities to come in and, and do the majority of the work because everybody else is trying to fix their own family problems. And, well, let me and ask you this. Else. Did you see a lot of, did you, did you encounter a lot of those organizations while you were down there? No, no. Uh, after about, after about a week, we had like a, uh, a Verizon truck, like a big ass trailer came down and like people could come and like make phone calls. Cause like everything was knocked down. Everything was gone. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, I mean, but like the, the surge was so weird on the, on the tide from the hurricane that like you drive down roads and there's just, dude, there's like, there's like 30 foot boats in the middle of the street and the ocean's nowhere near it. Yeah. You know, there's, it's, there's, there's blockades. And so like, I have like this detailed gear list of everything I took down to batteries and ammo and, and everything, you know, and the, and I had just about everything I needed except one critical piece that I, I will never do anything like that with, uh, like that without again. And that was a chainsaw. If yeah. I, a, a chainsaw was absolute is something you, if you can strap it in your vehicle and you're going anywhere in a natural disaster, a chainsaw will save your ass. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what a lot of the, the SDIA, the sheepdog guys do is they do a lot of the, you know, the clearing of the, the trees and, Getting yeah, out their houses and F- stuff fix like that. a flat, you know, have all that crap plugs for your top. I mean, I can't even tell you we had just gotten like the BFG KO2, you know, 10 ply side, you know, tires on our on our police Tahoe and pop. <laughs> dude, I can't even I bet you there was that tire was made more of plugs by the end of it than it was tire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, that, and that's people, what a lot of people don't hear either there, are, you know, that side of the story too. You know, the, the fire and rescue guys, yeah, the emergency yeah. services people don't, don't really hear a lot of, a lot about their stories, you know, during these things too. And you made a great point is they have homes and they have families there also that they're absolutely concerned about and. You know, and they should be I, helping somebody no else probably last on their mind. They want to help and get their, you know, get their families out of there too. Th- there's no way you can blame anybody for wanting to go help their family. No, when, not at all. And that know, goes back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, you're being very irresponsible and selfish. If, if you stay and you do not prepare for these, you know, these disasters when they happen, you don't evacuate when you're supposed to, when you're told to, Yeah, because that, those people, it's their job to go out and risk their lives to go and and save you, find you, you know, whatever it may be. And, you know, I, I get checking in with your local people. It's like, hey, we're evacuated. And that, it makes their job a lot easier, and they can focus really on the people who need who need it at that point. But it's just it's unrealistic. It's not, that's not going to happen. No, and, I like, I was telling Becky earlier this week, I – you know, I feel for everybody that goes through these things. And so on my way to Florida, I thought, okay, you know what I'll do? I buy, I'll buy crayons and coloring books for the kids that we see and all that stuff. I don't even know if I saw a kid the whole time I was there, but (laughs) I bought like, I bought like 10 cartons of cigarettes and dip. And right. And I'm like, that was more appreciated than anything. Right. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the hero of the kids because I'm going to be the dude passing out packs of smokes to people that need them or dip the smoke in the backy bro i couldn't (laughs) i couldn't give those things away nobody would take them everybody's like dude i've been living here for 20 years i got i got 25 cartons of cigarettes in here this isn't my first rodeo you know like (laughs) everybody was stocked up on i don't i think i had to like throw the cartons away or something dude it was like I, i couldn't even give them out everybody was the people that i saw were were pretty prepared yeah but at the same time, you know, it's 
it's those people that put the other people's lives in jeopardy. You're going to sit there and ride it out being a dumbass. Yeah. Kind of deal. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years. Well, you know, there's going to be that one where you don't make it, dude. And- but 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 it's, it's in all fairness, like kind of like what we were talking about with the emergency systems and stuff. Like, like you know, ton, I'm up northwest of Dallas, right? I'm up in Jacksboro. So okay. we got we got hit with our F3 a year and a half ago. And, and yeah, the sirens went off, but the sirens always went off and we never had a tornado touch. So, okay, the sirens go off. What can you do? Well, I can get in my bathtub or whatever. Right. But then once the tornado hit, then they implemented this, you know, national or this county broadcast service. And so now anytime the wind blows a leaf off a tree, our phones blow up. So it's it's crying wolf. Yeah. Yeah. So. So people get desensitized you know, to the accustomed to it differently. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we have the same problem. I'm out here in Johnson County awful. and we keep okay. getting hit by the, the straight line winds, which trigger all the, our uh, tornado sirens. So what people do is they complain and went to city hall and now they do them every Wednesday and they complain about that. So what they do is now, if we even get the sirens, someone calls and complains because they go off for, they're supposed to go off for five minutes once a week right. on Wednesdays. So they wow. quit doing that. Then, okay, once the wind speed hits a certain speed, they're supposed to trigger. Well, if no tornado or nothing bad happens, people start complaining because, oh, they're going off too often. So. Right. You can't it's, please anybody, can you? No. And <laughs> it's, it's one of those yeah. things where if they go off, they complain. If they don't go off, they complain. If there's a natural disaster, they're going to complain. And I understand coming from areas where natural disasters happen all too frequent. I mean, hell, it was the earthquakes, fires, uh, flash floods. We never had any warning signs. We watched what was going on around us. I mean, we had the day fire, 58 days of fire. We survived it. We had flash floods that took out. Yeah, but with with today's technology, you know, it's it just makes sense that we would want to try to implement early warning systems. And yeah, yeah. and but. But here, and people don't need to be complaining about it because it's put in place no. for for their protection. Correct. But like the, the 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 people in Florida with the hurricane, okay, the the with like Hurricane Irma, for instance, what happens is a hurricane keeps its path, right? And then right before it hits landfall, it usually diverts into a totally different direction, right? right. So like if everybody's saying, hey. The hurricane is headed straight for Key West. It's headed straight for Key West. Everybody in Key West is like, okay, well, that's actually good because it's going to divert somewhere else at the last minute. So they don't want to evacuate. And so I see that side too. And then when it doesn't divert and they're like, okay, this is really going <laughs> to But suck. here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing with the hurricanes. Again, they know it's coming. They've got days yeah. to prepare for it, to, to get out and you know do whatever they need to do. To, yeah, to, but you could literally put themselves be getting in. out and you you could be getting out and going to an area where the hurricane's going to divert to though. That that's I, yeah. I see the 
I'm yeah. just saying I see the gamble with it. If like a lightning strike. You don't know where it's going to hit. I could stand it, here. I got exactly. just as much odds of getting hit here as I do over there. Yeah, kind of no, deal. I, I get it. So from the government side, don't rely on us or anybody for support. It's not. It's just not no. a smart thing to do. But no. again, with again with the, today's technology, and especially with you know with the storms, they can be tracked to you know fairly good rating of competency of it. You know, it's going to be here. It's going to do this and. But again, with a hurricane, you never know where it's gonna go once it hits land. But you know, and, and I and, and I get and, that, but that still shouldn't prevent us from having all these warning systems in place to give them the sure. opportunity. No, they still need for, to have those in place, whether people want to heed the warning or not. It's up to their own dumbasses. Yeah. No, and 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 yeah. the thing is, is like when when the tornado hit Jacksboro. Like, my house didn't really take that much damage. Everything around me got freaking destroyed, right? So, like, I had all my emergency stuff. I had no power. That was it. All my windows, everything was good. But what was nice was I had all my stuff, and so I distributed generators and all sorts of stuff that I didn't need to my friends that had, like, you know, shambles. So just having that stuff is good for you to have, but you can also – you know, take care of people that are in your little inner circle. Yeah, it's like or, Becky was saying, you know, take care of your neighbors. Look out for yeah. your neighbors. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's that's kind of what you see too in these disasters when disasters hit is you see the communities coming together and helping yeah. one another. And you see it every every time it happens, everywhere it happens. With the hurricanes, whether it's the tornadoes, whether it's these fires. You know, a community yeah. that, that may not have done much, you know, together in the past. When something like this, then it brings everybody together on common ground. And it's, you know, it's just about, you know, human, human kindness. Alyssa knows a thing or two about firearms. The gun store where she works and the folks she instructs would vouch for that. She spends most of her time on the range and in the classroom, teaching others about firearms and the fundamentals of shooting. On her days off, you'll likely catch her somewhere in the backcountry with her favorite firearm, a Keltec KS7. At just over 26 inches, this short, slim second cousin to the KSG is lighter, but no less lethal. The shotgun's 18.5-inch barrel offers plenty of velocity, and its ample magazine tube provides a healthy dose of firepower with its 7-plus-1 shell capacity, her go-to for home protection. Alyssa loves the carry handle and fiber optic sight she got on her first KS7, but is equally enamored with the Picatinny rail kit she put on her second. Why settle for one when you can add another to your already awesome collection of Keltecs? Innovation. Performance. Keltec. And it's even happened here in my subdivision. We had one a few years back, and luckily it didn't hit my house, but some of the neighbors. And like I said, I don't get along with my neighbors. I, I, I could care less whether I you know, have a beer with my neighbors or not. But when something like that happened, again, you know, the compassion goes out, human compassion, and, you know, you want to help. It's just our, in our nature. It's like, help, you know. Yeah, but at the I same time, help. you're kind of like Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven where he's like, you just shot an unarmed man. He's like, well, he should have armed himself. <laughs> yeah. Damn straight. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, it, I mean, I wasn't saying I wasn't going around saying, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I you know I get it, and 
um, Becky, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And I'm so sorry that it's under these circumstances. Thank you so much for having me. Do you think I could give one more shout out? Absolutely. Anybody that wants to try to help Maui, if they want, um, I saw the coolest hashtag. It's like, be like, be like Blake. Uh, it's this really cool Lahaina local guy. And he is like organized all the supplies that people need for Lahaina still right now. Um, like that he just got 400 uh, air purifiers because all the families left are getting sick. His Instagram is BKR vlogs. It's like Blake Ram. Uh, his last name's R A M E L B. Let me but, put my man. microphone down here. I was holding my microphone. Um, search. Say it again. Uh, BKR Vlogs, V-L-O-G-S, Blake, Blake I don't want to butcher, yes, yes, so he is not only uh, the best source of what's going on in the ground in Lahaina, but he's just stepped up completely and he's getting, he's putting out Amazon wish lists for things that they need, you know, uh, like fans and, uh, these protective masks and uh, air purifiers. And he not only has like a wish list of things, but he has like addresses or like Venmo's or whatever that you can help. And uh, he's really, really inspired. Like he's just an inspiration for the community and all the people around him that are helping. Um, I just am really proud of Blake and, People like him. I hope every community has someone like and Blake the in their other, town. The other uh, organization is the Lahaina Ohana Venmo. Yes, that is definitely local, real, real families who are native. They don't have somewhere else to go or any other family to rely on. Those are people I've worked with, people that have given me rides, like fed me. Those are really, really good people. Some of them like my friend on there. Nicole, um, I scrolled down, I saw her. She's struggling with crazy cancer right now, and she has two little kids. Mm. Like, I know everyone's struggling right now with hard things, but if anybody can, there's nothing that helps with um, your troubles than helping others. So, And this uh, organization has been vetted, so you guys, if you want to get in touch yeah, with them for, for donations, uh, definitely get in touch with them there. Um and then, of course, other organizations like Sheepdog, if you need to vet one of those uh, disaster recovery um, missions that are going out there, if you want to make sure they're legit, you can get in touch with Sheepdog. They could probably vet um, those organizations Hungry as Heroes well. Hungry, Hungry Heroes Hawaii. Hungry Heroes Hawaii. That, that was my friend who I met him. He was homeless, and he told me he was going to feed all the homeless people. This was in 2020. <laughs> And I didn't really believe him. I was like, what are you talking about? And he has fed like, it's insane. Like, it was the first few days, it was like 200,000 meals. He's gotten just people in Maui oh, wow. to donate. That's and uh, he just got a huge shout out today. But man, this kid has been, had this vision for a long time. And now he's like, 
saving everybody and just doing right. it without money, just community and don't like give donations. to Ukrainian efforts. Don't give to efforts for some other give to what's going on here in America. We've got our own problems here. Our, our, our own citizens. I say citizens that need help legal citizens. And you can put your time, effort and money toward helping Americans and what's going on here in America. To hell with Ukraine. I'll say it right now. I'll say can, it again. Can, can I do one one plug as well? Uh, yeah, buddy. Marty? Go ahead. Because my my sister has just been talking about helping other people and, and doing all this stuff. And my sister, I know, is struggling. And it's always hard to be in a situation where you, you know that other people need help too. But Absolutely. Uh, we, we've created a GoFundMe for my sister. Um, it's on my company uh, Facebook page. It's stablades.com. And basically what, uh, I'm sorry on my Facebook, uh, Facebook STA blades. Um, what I'm doing is I am, if you donate, so if you go to that pinned post where the black handled knife is right, right there. Yeah. And you click on more. So where it says, see more, see more butts. See more butts. Okay, so basically, what I'm doing is uh, her GoFundMe link is there, and for every twenty dollars that you donate, you get one number. So if you donate a hundred dollars, you get five numbers. And then what happens is uh, you take a picture, a confirmation picture, and email it to me, which is all on there that you've donated to her GoFundMe, and then I issue you the numbers that that correlate to how much you donated. And then when the campaign's over, I'm going to do a random number generator, uh, live Facebook draw. And then we're going to donate this, uh, Damascus, uh, fight fighting knife. Okay. Beautiful. Wow. That's so you can see there, there's a Damascus core. It's like 30 layers on the inside there. Um, so they're going to win this, fighter and then i have some secondary um prizes and stuff but that'll be the main one and so so far the the support has been amazing like i i'm super appreciative of everybody and what they've done anybody can do it and anybody can win it um all the information on how to enter for the knife is just it's right up there on the on the facebook page so any any support is help can you put a link on your website too that will go to this yeah yeah, I will. Okay, yes. and uh, I'll put one up on uh, our website also. Oh man, that would be so and, badass! Uh, do you want other stuff? Can can we donate some stuff to help out with this? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Okay, for sure. All right, well, let's get together after the awesome. show, and uh, we'll get some other badass stuff to to that auction That would be off. awesome. Hell yeah! Thanks. That be- that's so cool, and thank you, Marty. Thank you, everyone here for listening. That's so awesome. Absolutely. And how are, how are you doing now? What are your plans right now, uh, Becky? Are you in California right now? Yeah, I'm staying. Luckily, I do have family in Northern California. And then my brother, my sisters are like kind of scattered everywhere. Um, my mom has a little one bedroom house that she's opened up. So I've been staying on her couch. I have no idea what to do next. Um 
I'm more I'm just stressed out and worried about Maui. You know, it's hard to move on when they're still collecting bodies and they're still missing numbers in the hundreds or thousands. So I honestly, yeah. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next, but I know I can't live with myself if I don't try to get the word out or help in some way. So thanks for helping me like recover a little bit. Uh, it's our pleasure. I'm, absolutely. And if there's anything else that we can do to help, just reach out. I'll give you my info. Gerald, hook, hook us up. Uh, I'm sure ton, uh, happy to help as well. And all the leadheads, all the leadheads are going to, going to I love the leadheads. Thanks. Going to be happy to help out. Definitely. Uh, well, you're brave and you're a hero for making it through, saving, you know, getting your friends through that, getting your, your pets, your animals through that. And uh, I know that you're going to be fine. You're going to be great. You've got an awesome brother here. I know. Jared. I'm lucky. I haven't so met lucky. your other siblings, but I know if they're anything like you two, they're, they're awesome <laughs> as well. They are. We're, we're definitely the most awesome of the – of, <laughs> of all the siblings, the two of you. Yeah, you, you got to experience the best too. Yeah, I got I got the best of the Johnsons here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then there's ton. Yeah, I'm just a trainer. <laughs> Johnny, come lately, Johnny. Come. And ton just had a big uh, competition that he got back from. We're not going to talk about it this episode, ton. But we'll we'll get you on next episode. We'll get the details on the big Ohio. Was that the um, Pyramid Cup? Pyramid Cup. That's what it was, the Pyramid Cup. And a ton actually made it to the finals. So. Yep. And nice. I was told no longer to shoot flowers. I'm supposed to be shooting targets. <laughs> Squirrel. Ton gets distracted seriously. very easily. So. Quit eating Cheetos. Shoot the targets. <laughs> so many rules. And Ton just had a birthday, too. So happy birthday to Ton. Happy birthday, bro. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. He had the same I'm birthday older. as Red Dawn. Oh, that's a good, that's a nice. good move. Yeah. Ho hopefully the, the first one. one. The only yeah. one. 84. That, that, I don't know of another one. Is there another one? I don't, yeah. I don't know anything about it. Um, I wasn't born in 84. We just happened to be. Do you have the, the your birthday present for me there? Or you got it? You still got One it? of them. You got one of them? One of them here and... Yeah, baby. Oh, that wasn't yeah. your birthday present, though. That was because you legitimately won. That's because I actually won something. Yeah, you legitimately won something. So I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. We reward our lead heads here, Rebecca. We I'm not giving anything away today, but we normally give you know give stuff away. But we are having a huge giveaway. Let's remind everybody before we sign off here. <laughs> we've got the big giveaway that's going on through the month of September. Over six thousand dollars worth of awesome prizes, and we got three guns from Caltech: pistol, rifle, shotgun. We've got a rifle case from Kraken Cases, a very nice rifle case. We've got Firebird targets from Firebird. We've got Walker Ear Pro, uh, electronic Ear Pro from Walker's Ear. We've got uh, Tactical RX Eye Pro. Some very cool, stylish iPro. I don't know that it's going to be this exact uh, set of iPro here. Uh, this is their Mother Truckers. They call these the Mother Truckers. Um, iPro, we've got ammo from Defiant Munitions. We've got 
What else have we got? We've got, oh, the branded logo t-shirt and hat from Dipstick Branding with our new Talking Lead logo. Winner's going to get, of course, you get your size. You don't have to wear my small little shirt. Uh, look, Tun's got one. That nice. big old head. That's not gonna. That's not gonna fit on your melon head. There it is. Yeah, did they come in adult size, bro? The hell. Well, we're gonna work on that. Um, I'm testing Dude. some apparel, so yeah. Really? I don't know that you'll get this hat, but you'll get a hat. Um, STA blades. We got a. Um, is it MB Stabby? MD. MD Stabby. You name them after your friends. What what friend is I that? Do. That's my friend uh, Mike DeSena. Okay. Woo! There you go. Yeah. Uh, I'm on their website. I'm on your website right now. <laughs> he's got some badass knives, man. Yeah, it's such art. It's pure art. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, look at these knives. Um, what else is oh, there? I'm forgetting. Just right down the road. Seal one. Seal one. Yes, yeah, seal one. We got seal one to clean those guns. We actually got one of their new rod kits that we're going to include and their CLP cleaning kit. So you're going to be set with seal one, seal one and done. Use the code LEADHEAD, get 25% off anything at seal1.com. Good buddy Dwight there. Um, Dwight's the man. Dwight is the man. I'm forgetting somebody. I don't have my Defiant list. ammo. Defiant munitions for the nine, the nine mil. And you know, Firebird targets two, two, six. That's it. Firebird targets. You got some there? Sorry, I was looking at knives. Can you hold some Firebird targets up for? No, I can't. I use them. Yeah, I use them at the competition. You used all of them. Used every one of them. That was very judgy. Yeah, I did. I'm trying <laughs> to find my list here real quick. Dude, make sure I don't forget somebody. I've got so many lists. This is the Talking Lead and Friends. Oh, I Freedom. know what it is. Mission First. Oh, no, wait. Mission First Tactical. I was going to say Mission First Tactical, the holsters. And Mission First is giving yeah. away a whole bunch of stuff. They're giving away the holsters. These You're going to get one of these sling bags. You're going to get one of their medium awesome. uh, bags as well. That's included. The drinkware. Um, you're going to get a couple of drink different drinkwares. You're going to get the magazines, the AR magazines, this badass custom holster right here with the new Talking Lead logo. Tun's got one of these, too. You got one yeah, of these. Yeah, it is. Somewhere around there. Um, well, that's one of the original holsters. And something else for Mission First. But, yeah, so you're going to get over, like, Six thousand dollars. We haven't completely added everything up yet, but I was gonna say I think it sounds more than that. It it, it may be. <laughs> I'm not very good with math, so this, this is like the one giveaway that like everybody would just die for. And one person is gonna yeah. get everything. Yeah, <laughs> gets the whole kit and caboodle. You can go out and feel all the freedom. All the America taken to the range. You're going to look good. You're going to shoot good. But most importantly, you're going to feel good for all that freedom. So here which is. Knife is where's what? Which knife? From Which knife are you giving away? The, the MD Stabby. MD, MD Stabby. 
Holy mother of God. Of course, we've got to thank our friends at Black Tie Digital Marketing. They're helping us put this together. Uh, Enforce. They, we got the two weapon lights from Enforce. We've got the Vortex Optics. That's I forgot the Vortex Optics also. So there's going to be a Strike Eagle 1 to 8 and a Spitfire. The Strike Eagle alone is $600 by itself. $600 optic right there. So well over $6,000 worth of, of prizes. One person takes it all. And as you're listening to this, it should have already started. So I'm I'm hoping that we we get everything up and going. But uh, there you go. Take part. This is how we give back to our listeners. Appreciate everybody for the ten years of talking lead, the five hundred plus episodes, and all the support and love over the years. Go show Becky some love too. Go to those Instagram pages. Go to Jared's which, Facebook page. Yeah, which, what? Tell him your Instagram handle in case some people want to know like more questions or something. Beck, if you want to engage with people, if you don't, don't give it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> like I have a account on Instagram. It's wicked dot wahini. But I'm not super active on any, like, social media that much, you know. But I am trying to follow everyone that's making a difference and helping the community and spreading the word and not conspiracy theories. If you want to get in touch with Becky, just get in touch with Jared, and he can put you in touch with her. Um, If you've got a message or kind words you'd like to pass along. Uh, But definitely go to STA Blade's Facebook page. And that's where you can donate and help Becky out there. Um, lost everything in the fires. So help a Thanks fellow so leadhead out, leadheads. Yeah, you're a leadhead <laughs> now, Becky. You are official leadhead. <laughs> yeah. Even though we haven't oh, put no, you through no, the new guy no, questions, no, we're going to have you back on and put you through the new guy questions. Okay, good. But yes, you are an official leadhead now. Welcome to the club. Thank you so much, you guys. I appreciate you. So there you go, Leadheads. That does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Big thanks to Jared for for making this happen, setting it up. Thank you, Jared. We appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Ton, thank you for uh, rushing at the car dealer. I'm sure they probably took you for everything <laughs> you had for that new car you got. What'd you get, a Mercedes? A Kia. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. <laughs> you got a Kia. <laughs> That's no, that's something you don't ever expect to come out of somebody's mouth who looks like that, right? I, I w- one day I hope to be that secure with myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and of course, Becky, thank you for sharing your story. A very courageous story. Thank you very much for, for being on. Um, and if you come up with anything else, you think of anything else that we can do to help, just just reach out to us. Be be glad Thanks. to do it. Uh, go support all our sponsors, Leadheads, Four Patriots. Go to fourpatriots.com, all caps, Leadhead, 10% off, first purchase. Go to Lockdown, Leadhead, lowercase, 15% off. Uh, any products at Lockdown, my my wall I've got back there is from, from Lockdown. Um, medicine in Bad Places, you know, we're talking about building your, your bags. You go to Medicine in Bad Places, they've got all the med supplies that you're going to need to build that kit. Medicine in Bad Places, use the code LEADHEAD20. You're going to get 20% off. 
or it might just be Leadhead. It's either Leadhead 20 or Leadhead, but you're going to get 20% off medicine in bad places. Uh, Peat Pod, Defiant Munitions, that ammo that we're giving away there. All caps Leadhead, you get 10% off Defiant Munitions. Factory 47 for my AK Corner logoed apparel. Go to Factory 47, use the code Leadhead, lowercase 10% off. Good buddies at Caltech, use the code Leadhead, get 15% off. They've got some new badass uh, apparel and shirts. Um, I'll be wearing some of my shirts in the next episode so you can see some of the shirts, but they're trucker hats, they're shirts. Uh, anything that's non-firearms on their website, you can get uh, 15% off at Caltech. Uh, and then Mission First Tactical, all lowercase leadhead, 20% off. Seal1.com, leadhead, 25% off. Use the code, support our sponsors. That's how we bring this show to you each and every week, sometimes more. And that's how we're able to reward you with awesome prizes and giveaways. And during this month also, for this big giveaway... Watch our social meds because we're going to be giving away additional items to help push and promote this. So, uh, drinkware, holsters, uh, Seal One, iPro, you name it. We're giving away all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, you got to be listening. You got to participate in ton. That's how they win, right? Oh, yeah. That's how I won. Speaking yeah. of a winner. Dump, dump, dump. tray. Mission first tactical dump tray. There it Hell is. yeah. Now I just got to keep it away from my wife because she takes it all from me. There you go. So that does it, Leadheads. Appreciate it. Ton. Till the next episode. Keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. <laughs> all right. Good show, everybody. Thank, Thank you very so much, guys. Thank you. Oh, my Ooh. bad. I hit the yeah, wrong button. Left. I hit the wrong button. Oh, there you are. Sorry. I was trying to hit the stop <laughs> recording. Oh. Marty, Marty's got a hot date. <laughs> <laughs> Marty got to go pee. He's got the bladder the size of a of a squirrel. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. yeah no, seriously, that was a great show. The mic anymore when I'm on. <laughs>